0: Get started today at try That's trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
3: In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast.
4: What's up, folks? It is perfect. It's the C3 Panthers podcast coming to you live Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. We're on time. I'm hoping the audio is right. The visuals look good. I look good. I know that. And we're hanging out in the Vivid Seat studio tonight. And tonight's show is Let's Be Frank About It. Cody Lashney, welcome back. We just hung out on Sunday. It was a joyous event but boy, guess what we got to talk about first and foremost?
5: Uh, well, let's be frank. Uh, we are all <laughs> a bunch of handsome gentlemen. So uh, we, we, we bless your computer, phone screens, whatever you're watching on tonight. The chat room is absolutely lit, as it always is. Michael Jones, Underground West, Legacy Land, Jake DeLone, Richard's Outdoor World Man, It's already lit in the chat room. Tony it down end up to it but do it brother let's roll there's a packed house tonight greg the bat
4: daddy is back for more how you doing greg i'm doing
6: great man about yourself
4: i am uh man i'm just like a normal tuesday dude is a bit too is the busiest day of the week for me is tuesday Um, but i'm ready i'm ready to talk some panthers and um, i'm glad to have you on the show tonight where can they find you on twitter real
6: quick Oh man! You can find me at the Bat Daddy Fifty Two on Twitter, or you can get a hold of me at SCS Podcast One on Twitter for my handle for my other show. And we got to st- say that it's hard not to feel good after a Panthers win, no matter how we got it. That's the at truth. First, yeah. the first yeah. of the way. Even if it was
4: by one point, we would be happy after losing so many in a row. It feels like a year since we've lost uh, it was since we've won one. Also, in the house tonight to help us figure what where the Panthers are at uh, and where we're headed. CK, man. Welcome back. Hey, boys. How's it going? We are rocked, (laughs) locked, and ready to roll. And, um, guys, we have a fantastic show tonight. Tonight's show is Let's Be Frank About It. We're going to be talking about Cam Newton and the reported Liz Frank injury uh, that was broken yesterday by uh, Joe Person in The Athletic. We will be talking about... That game, that win over Arizona, not as in depth as we did in the pre in the post game show, but we got to kind of recheck our temperature, how we feel, and see if things have changed. On top of that, we've got a preview tonight of the Houston Texans game. I'm telling you guys, we've got Brandon Scott to help break us down, and there's the picks. We got the picks to make for the NFC South, and I got the head odds maker. From mybookie.ag to jump on the show with a little 10 minute, pre, eight minute pre recorded uh, talk on the NFC South, and then we'll make our picks after that. So, we got a lot to do. Don't forget to smash the thumbs up button, be a part of the show by jumping in that chat room that Cody was complimenting, and they deserve compliments. And if you're heading to the game, don't forget. Uh, to check out Vivid Seats. They can help you get the ticket you need at the price you want. And if you use the overtime promo code uh, and when you use the mobile app, you can save up to $100 on your first ticket purchase for first-time customers, all right? And uh, guys, let's go ahead and jump into it. The news. Where there is smoke, there was fire. And Cody, we have been suspicious. We have been suspicious about the severity of the situation with cam it's caused us to question um how he how he's doing after a long history of injury we've quit. we've gone down the mental road we've gone down the emotional road and we have always been highlighting the physical road but i tell you is that it seemed like more than a small little foot sprain Where are you at? The news breaks. This is related to his Liz Frank. They have not reported if he will need surgery or anything. They want to rehab it. Cody, are you worried? Did you know this was there?
5: Well, no. I mean, it's really kind of shame on myself and shame on anyone that believed Ron Rivera when he said that Cam Newton was fine and everything was okay and it was a non-issue. I feel like we just should have known better after seeing how he treated... uh, Cam during the whole shoulder debacle through 2016 and 2018, so um, it's not surprising um, that uh, it's that kind of an uh, injury. If it was affecting him that much, but man, a Liz Frank that just comes out of nowhere, man. Um, It doesn't feel good, but you know, uh, we, we really don't have a lot to go on. So right now. I mean, I put it in in the chat room. People are typing it. It's Kyle Allen season, baby. And let's uh, see where this train takes us.
4: Any thoughts, fellas, on you hear Liz Frank, and it's usually a scary thing when you hear it. When you look it up, it's the smallest little thing you would ever think. But it's like this little in-between bone and cartilage point. I think that looks like it's on the ball of your foot. So where you're going to walk all the time and put a lot of weight This is an injury that Matt Khalil had back in 2012, I believe. And uh, usually, if you do have to have surgery, you're going to be out the whole season, or at least it was in the past. I've read about it a little bit, and they say non-surgical recovery, which they usually highlight for non-athletes, though, um, is a four to six-week, four to eight-week waiting period. Now, uh, um, Greg, where are we at on this injury? Because... Is this a misdiagnosis by the team? Was it made worse? How and do you really think it's the foot?
6: Well, I think it definitely has something to do with the foot. Uh, I don't know what to believe anymore, though. I really don't because we we've gone through a point with Cam Newton where with his injuries where he's injured himself. We tried to rehab it, tried to rehab it, and then it ends up having to have surgery anyway. So I'm kind of at the point of just go ahead and have surgery. Because I would rather him come back, have a full season and next offseason to recover if he has to have surgery, rather than deciding around draft time he needs surgery and him being ready right before training camp, just like we've always done to him. I, and and I don't want to see Cam Newton come back 100%. Because if he comes back and doesn't do well, I'm going to start to lose faith in him. And I don't want that. You know, I, I don't want that. I still haven't. But if he comes back and doesn't, At least, you know, he's not at least on the Dalton scale where he's, you know, a mid-tier quarterback, good enough to win a Super Bowl, good enough to get us by. I'm going to start to lose faith, and I I just don't want to do that.
4: CK, the reason I ask is, Greg, is it the foot, is my friend brought up an interesting point to me today, and we know that Ron is not the most um, transparent when it comes to injury talk, right? Right. And uh, if we, my friend said this, is I just never saw him limping or, you know, kind of gingering that foot in that game. And he said that a lot of times that he believes that coaching staffs will point to an injury to tell the, the opponents, the media, kind of to distract for it from another real injury. And this is what he said. He was worried that it's truly the shoulder that's the problem and the foot is the smoke screen for it i think that's a lot of factor a lot of moving parts in that explanation but they have been somewhat secretive about this foot injury don't you think
0: i think so too but the injury itself before this week i would have been a lot more concerned about the timetable we're dealing with i think we've you know, seeing that we have somewhat of a capable backup, um, you know, within Kyle Allen, we'll see a true test this week. My main concern and, and we're all kind of, you know, I think glossing over a, an important fact of that article that Joe wrote. It said that there was this is was it Cam's camp trying to say, hey, listen, he's not ready to play or was panthers in
4: a they list we're going to be good things all right so slightly breaking up there a little bit ck actually he's fro you're frozen right now so leave and come back i really need to hear what he said i missed it did anybody yeah. catch it yeah i think it had to be edge. <laughs> i think it was something to the effect of with the article how people well cam didn't want to run I'm interested to see that and hear what he's saying. It says, multiple. this is what the article reports. Multiple sources confirm Newton is dealing with a Liz Frank injury in which the ligaments of the midfoot rupture causing instability with the joints. Some Liz Frank injuries involve trauma to small bones in the foot. And although the Panthers' initial wording that Newton has sustained a midfoot sprain would suggest it is ligament-related. Now, one of the things that was interesting about this, did you see in the beginning of the article, uh, Joe Person described it uh, the last week after bungling the PR side of Cam Newton's foot injury last week. The Panthers moved quickly to try to prevent any additional mixed messages or bad optics. Uh, CK, you broke up right when you were telling us what the real interesting thing was. So we've all been sitting here wondering what is so interesting. Yes.
0: So it's it's that there was a dis- – the, the the phrase, there was a disagreement between the two camps, right? There was a disagreement between Cam's camp about the severity of it, but we don't know whose side was on what side of the, the fence, right? Uh, we don't know whether the Panthers were saying, hey, we we don't want to play you, and Cam was like, I want to play. And then at that point, yeah, somewhat on the coaches at that point because you're like, hey, listen, we've got to make a decision to sit you even though you don't want to. But if it's the, the Cam's – side of things didn't want to play and the coaches were like you've got to play that is a situation where it deserves being fired right then and there you know when you're talking about a situation like this
5: and I do feel that CK is on to something I really now more than ever I feel that there is a a friction and a tension between Cam and and the the coaching staff I feel like maybe there's something of a disconnect and I, I don't want this to get lost on people man I feel bad for Cam I feel like Cam was really making an an effort this year to be the type of passer that everyone said he was never going to be. I mean, he dropped a lot of pounds. I mean, he's really, uh, you know, tried to change up the throwing motion. And then now for this to happen, I mean, the man has two more years to prove that he's worth a brand-new contract worth a whole lot of money. So uh, you just have to feel for him.
4: I have heard this is an easily misdiagnosed injury because it's kind of it's very difficult to see because it's dealing with such a small part of the foot I think or at least that is what I've been told but we've been saying it is there was something strange in the neighborhood when there was no real indication of like how Cam could potentially play through this or about pain management or when they were optimistic there was something odd going on And last week, North Turner said a lot of guys go out and play with a sore shoulder, sore knee, sore foot, whatever it might be. But this week, they're saying there's no exact timetable for his return. I feel like Joe did use some quotes here that were very pointed to maybe give us the idea that North Turner's like, Hey, get on out there and a sore foot or whatever it is. Actually, he speaks all slow and southern.
5: But, hey, baby. Oh, uh, yeah. But even if it's sore, baby. Yeah, <laughs> football, yeah right. there you go. So yeah. we've,
0: we've turned Norv into Austin Powers at this point. Yeah.
6: Yes, <laughs> Exactly. Hey, so, real quick, kind of touching on what CK was saying, I have noticed it seems like this year, different than any other year that we've had Cam, it seems like there is a disconnect between the franchise. No, I'm talking about just fans, the franchise and himself. It's always seemed like the the franchise, the, the 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 owner, the head coach, everybody's loved him. And for some reason this year, it seems like that's <coughs> fallen off a little bit. Do you think that has anything to do with Tepper taking over? Do you think maybe Tepper is not sold on Cam? He gave him his first couple years to see if he was sold on him, and now he's not so much?
5: Uh, I mean, listen, it's certainly possible. But uh, you have a, a brand-new owner who just spent that much money and, and he wants a winning football team. And he comes from a winning football team. Um, you know, I, I don't know what Tepper thinks of of Cam, if he knows all the details that we know about his time here and not having enough talent around him uh, on the exterior and on the offensive line. Maybe Tepper knows that. Maybe he thinks that, you know, what the media believes, that uh, Cam Newton's an average Quarterback. Uh, I don't know what David Tepper believes, but if he believes the latter, then um, yeah, it's easy to see why you would draft a Will Greer in the third round uh, to have uh, a quarterback there in case Cam Newton falters. So it's certainly possible.
4: I think that this might be more about between the coaching staff and Cam. All right, and I think there's some softer things at play here, and what, I, and what I mean by that is that Ron Rivera and Norv Turner and Marty Herney and everybody that is on that coaching staff recognizes that their jobs are in jeopardy if they don't win this year. Like, if they don't make it to the playoffs, there is a good chance those guys are coming back, I they mean, aren't coming back. On top of that, Cam Newton is somewhat in jeopardy because of the lengthy history of injuries he's now developing. Right? Is that now? I mean, it's 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 something almost every year, and and it hasn't been intermittent. And then the other thing is, is you're entering a year in the contract that you can you can get out without a ton of financial penalty, or You could stay in it for one more year without a ton of financial penalty. And what I mean by that is is that I don't think they're going to be interested in signing Cam to a long-term deal until they get a full healthy season out of him. But I think Ron Rivera and them need him this year to be good. And you saw a couple of things is that Ron Rivera in the first press conference when he was asked about Ron, about not taking deep shots or running, he said that's a lot of the decision-making by the quarterback. Again, you saw, I saw what I thought Greg is alluding to, some certain signs of frustration from, Cam, from Ron Rivera when discussing Cam Newton. Now, this could be about Cam Newton and he's just tired of answering the questions. But he did seem, it almost like they're just not on the same page when it comes to communication about this injury. But then I think about this, guys. All I saw was Ron Rivera and Cam Newton have an excellent relationship in that All or Nothing show. So it's kind of hard for me to think that, I I don't think, I don't understand how it could have gotten that bad in the past, or at this moment unless there was truly a misdiagnosis or two different feelings about how you should truly approach it. And, guys, the last question about this, and then we'll get into some calls. What do you think Cam wants to do about this? Um, and, And say this is, if you have an injury that you suspect is more than just a foot sprain and you're concerned about it being worse, what do you think Cam wants to do in regards to his season um, and, and the idea of signing contracts in the future. He does have to protect those interests to a large degree. Do you think that he has any ideas about how he should treat this?
5: I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he wants to play as soon as possible. I, I mean, listen, we've already sort of started to uh, see how this goes. I mean, if Kyle Allen balls out, uh, as he did against the Cardinals you know, he's going to have a few really stiff tests. Man, the NFL stands for not for long. And, you know, I I feel as though um, it might be a scenario where he knows next year they only have to pay $2 million. Even if they moved on from Cam Newton after this season, the Panthers only owe him $2 million. That's nothing. Cam Newton is on a bargain contract right now especially when you compare it to other quarterbacks in the NFL. So I imagine Cam doesn't want to waste time at all. Uh, bed on yourself and try and come back as soon as possible. If I was him, but I don't, I don't know what's going through his mind right now.
4: Any thoughts on how Cam, I mean, where do you, there does seem to be some sort of discord between them a little bit. Right. And, and maybe we just haven't heard from Cam and he's just avoiding it. Maybe we're kind of making it up. Do you think there, Greg, what do you think the frustration could be? Do you think it is Tepper or do you think, is that where your mind goes to? Because mine went to the coaching staff. You said Tepper. Did we lose, Greg?
5: Uh, you're muted, man. I'm muted. No, no.
4: Greg, oh, is. Greg is. Greg's muted. All right, CK, why don't you jump in on that contract question? And then we'll get into the into the calls. <clears throat> well, I mean, I yeah, obviously, I think that
0: he's going to want to try to get back as soon as possible because I feel like Cam is an ultimate competitor. Um, I don't think, and I you, I listened to the podcast obviously uh, for the post game, and we kind of glossed over the fact Cam wasn't out there. There was a couple of mentions on it, but. If, if I had to recall, most times when anybody else has had an injury, they've always typically been on the sideline cheering on their team in some capacity. And the fact that he didn't travel with the team, I think that's a bigger deal than we're making it out to be. Then, you know, just based on what I know about what I've seen, you know, when Wentz went down, he was out there making sure Foles had the plays, he was helping making sure the plays were getting into the. Uh, play caller on the time. You know, when, when anybody goes down, I mean, Al, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson for the Eagles, you know, they were out there making sure that the plays were, you know, making sure they were cheering on their teammates. And I just didn't understand why Cam wasn't. And I think it speaks volumes if he's not going to travel to Houston. I, I, me personally, I think it's, it's shown that there's a disconnect. And the fact that he didn't even show up uh, to practice and the fact that he wanted to look in the mirror and do some soul searching, I just don't know where Cam's state of mind is and if <clears throat> the Panthers is where he wants to be anymore. I mean, you think he doesn't see the the comments on every Facebook page, every YouTube video, every uh, article that's written about how we should move on from him. He's been garbage for the past year, you know, past two years, past three years. He hasn't done anything for since 2015. I think those things can wear down on a player, especially when he, some, somebody who's been so important to a franchise like Cam's been to the Panthers.
4: Yeah, I think you got to just wonder if it's this. There's probably there's probably if this is only injury related and it's really the foot, right? If it's really just that, not shoulder involved, really in it, you got to think there's two th- ways that this could happen: is that the team wants him to come back faster than he wants to come back, and I don't think he wants to slow down the process, but he could say. I want to get fully right before I come back. And they're like, play through it. There could be that. Or it could be the opposite. It's Cam's pushing to come back, and the team is saying, we don't want uh, to treat it like that, maybe handle it poorly. I don't know what the other scenarios could be involved with that, but we'll see what the caller's got to say. The number where you guys are listening to the C3 Panthers podcast, the number is 252-228-5098. And you guys are great. Look, the chat room is lit. Be sure to smash the thumbs up button. Be a part of the show. Let's see what you guys got to say. So
6: what are your thoughts on catcalling? you hear That's me? Sh- you shouldn't do yes. that somebody. And how did
1: that make you feel?
2: Uh, very uncomfortable.
7: So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel?
2: It, it feels
8: a good, like... And a and a and a who's that cat
9: in the back corner With his face buried in his nose?
10: Hey guys, this is Justin Holbrook um, in uh, Charlotte down here, and uh, what you guys need to do is check out Cam Newton's YouTube channel. He posted a video today, and it's called "Cam Newton Game Day Unfiltered." This was from last week. About my feelings after losing the first two games. All right, so if you fast forward all the way to about six six minutes and thirty seconds cam tells you right that he admits right there in his car while he's doing the um selfie video that um he didn't have any extra in- injuries in that game the only thing that's wrong with him is that his uh shoulder is so- a little sore and that's it so take a look at it let me, got, let, let me know what you think
4: all right, so there's our What's first. What's up, C3? This is Nova Black.
10: Um, I was calling in. It's Saturday, Games day tomorrow, and everybody knows Cam Newton is out, which I'm glad he's out. You know, because when you really get down to it, when you look at, you know what I'm saying, football as a whole, defenses are usually better than off.
4: What's going on, guys? Oh, this is they can bake. <laughs> that was my fault, yeah, man. Just to say <laughs> that, Cam. No, just the first
1: injury, two. Uh,
11: two years in a row.
12: Maybe Cam is wise up and figure, hey, if y'all not gonna save me, I'm gonna save myself. And, you know, is you know, gonna get some natural healing that he needs. Uh, you're <laughs> looking at the way that they're using him, Christian McCaffrey, CMC's next. You know, they just don't know how to use the players and don't know how to protect them. And it's time to get rid of Ron Rivera and the staff. Keep pounding. Love you guys,
11: podcast.
4: All right. So, look, is let's just go through that quickly. Is that do you think there's been mismanagement with Cam? 100%. Oh, man. How,
5: I mean, how, how would you think anything else at this point? Uh, Cam has been mismanaged since 2011. Uh, Cam has been nothing but mismanaged. That's. I'm hoping that it's not the story of his entire career. At this point, to be frank, um, to be yeah, Liz, Liz frank. frank, yeah. To be to be Liz Frank. Uh, I mean, these coaches and general managers have been like Anne Frank. They can't see and they can't hear what's going on on the field and their quarterback being torn to shreds. So. It's a complicated
4: question when you ask if Cam's been mismanaged because on one hand you're saying, yes, he's been mismanaged with the personnel around him. That was the story of the first part of his career. In the second part of the career, there's questions about if they've handled the injury process, the timing of it, and the recovery, any of it uh, good. And, and has Cam been at fault at, uh, at any of this? And when I, if you go back to the initial soul, shoulder surgery, remember how late they had it that first year? Mm-hmm. And they should have, like, you're out of the playoffs. That, that Like, as soon as it happened, there was this – they were like, well, let's try to rehab it. Let's try – and that is some people try to go that route. I don't think Cam likes the knife. I don't think Cam likes the knife. And it, you know, True. True that. True that. Wow. Um, all right. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Let's squeeze in two more calls before our guest. Brandon Scott going to help preview, us, preview the Houston Texans at half-past.
10: Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Harrison. I'm calling from Atlanta, Georgia. It was a hell of a win on uh, Sunday against the Cardinals. Um, that Kyle Allen kid didn't look like uh, he was flustered one bit. And I don't think that there is a, a controversy um, with quarterback. I'm a Cam believer. But... um I think if this Kyle Allen kid goes out to Houston and does the same thing he did to the Arizona, and he does that again, then I think um, I think I think you gotta just I you gotta, you gotta think about it. Wait till Cam's healthy, but you gotta you have to keep giving him that hot hand and start him. Um, I think I think I think it definitely opens up more of the the deep ball and some of the longer throws I think that it, that he fits in doors of offense better than Cam would um, also I want to think when we were up by two touchdowns at, with 10 minutes left why we don't play the Jordan Scarlett kid we drafted him fifth round if he's not going to play then what's the point of drafted him I'd like to see McCaffrey get a little bit less of a workout. That's a good
5: part. point. See
10: if, um, see what that's that going to kids do.
11: All right, guys,
4: I appreciate it. Yeah, good so, call. Man, uh, great call, I think. And that's going to be the question we ask is as we head into this Houston game and Kyle Allen uh, and how he performs will be a great deal. I think it will be very important for how Carolina feels that they need to treat the Cam Newton situation going forward. In some ways, if you can get Kyle Allen just rolling for a couple weeks, we can get through the bye and bring back Cam. There's a lot of people in the chat room saying that they uh, would be heartbroken. Lynn saying she'd be heartbroken if this was the end for Cam. And I firmly believe it's not the end for Cam in Carolina. The question is, is when does he come back this season if he comes back at this season at all? And if he can come back healthy after the bye and things are good and the team is starting to catch some momentum, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. But Cam cannot go down in Carolina like this. That would be the biggest shame in the history of our organization. And um, the only way Cam's leaving Carolina is with a
5: Lombardia over over his head. I like it. A hundred percent. And by the way, I just wanted to uh, jump on what the caller said. Yeah, I mean, it's another tendency of, you know, why aren't we playing Jordan Scarlett? Why aren't we playing Ian Thomas? Why did it take us so long to – uh, figure out how to use Curtis Samuel the right way. I mean, this is an ongoing thing with Ron Rivera, and it's been a part of my criticism of him. Um, but yeah, when you have talented young players, put them on the field. Sometimes you have to be willing to let them learn on the fly. And that's all right, man. Let them make their mistakes, but you have to put your young, talented draft picks on the field. And Ron Rivera is notorious For not doing that, ask Cameron Artist Payne. They'll tell you all about it. That's
4: true. uh, Jay Zub in the chat says Would anybody be surprised in two weeks if two weeks from now we hear about Cam having surgery? And the answer is no. And I also want to know Is Jay Zub J Dub? And did you get in trouble on YouTube if you are? All right. Now we're going to go on. We're going to go on to the third segment of the show right now. I think it's the third segment. I can't even keep up anymore. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. We've got Brandon Scott from the Houston Overtime Podcast to join us to help us understand um, this matchup going forward. Welcome to the show, Brandon.
7: I appreciate you having me
4: yeah man thanks a lot and look we're going to kind of do round robin and just pepper you with questions until you get tired and hang up on us and uh, and and i will start right now you're going to have a lot of love on this podcast because everybody uh there's a lot of clemson there's a clemson fan here he loves your quarterback and stuff and and i love your receivers and things like that but just tell us man houston it seems like the best team with the worst record
2: they're better
4: they're better that they should have beat the saints right didn't the jags give them a hard time
7: yeah so i I, the thing to note about the Texans' season so far is that every every single game has come down to the wire right and so in theory you know when a game comes down to the wire that means it's a toss up either team could win and they've won two out of the three of those now you look back at the saints game they picked it up there and they had a chance to win that game and they Barely lost by fifty-eight yards for goal, so they could easily be three and zero right now. Now, if Leonard Fournette, if Leonard Fournette gets a better spot in in week two, or if you know we get a better look at that play, there there are some people I can tell you for a fact in Houston that thought he may have actually crossed. Right, uh, right, boys. and that so, that was probably a poor
4: know. way of phrasing it. But yeah, is that you look at teams around the league like a Buffalo that's three and zero? You look at some of the other guys that are uh, that I that are obviously fools gold. Is that Texans to me are have been as so powerful of an offense at, at, at times that or it just the team seems to have been clicking? It's just some bad breaks, uh, maybe some poor, de- obviously a poor defensive uh, call at the end, right? But yeah. your team is be- is I think of when I think of the Texans, I'm thinking the teams that are at the top tier of the league. Even though they got that loss, they should have beat the Saints. So I was just
7: discussing this exact point with a friend of mine not too long ago, uh, earlier today. The Texans, like after three weeks, where are we putting them in, in the tier of the AFC? Probably like right behind the Patriots, Chiefs. We're looking at them as the class of the AFC. And yep. then, you know, the Texans are somewhere around there with the Ravens, right? A team that you respect yeah. and think can make some noise. But they're not quite that elite team that you think is is – you know, ready to make that step until you see it. Now, you mentioned the, the offense. The offense is impressive. Deshaun Watson is phenomenal. We're having a good time watching him. The addition of Laramie Tunzel on the offensive line and Kenny Stills as a wide receiver. Kenny Stills has made quite a few plays for this team already. So the offense looks a lot different than it did last year, and a lot of us are still getting used to it and still trying to figure out what to make of it, particularly on the offensive line. One thing to note there, is that they've had a different line in every single game this year. The line, the offensive line mm-hmm. has, has made changes. And we believe that this game against the Panthers is actually going to be the first time where they have the same offensive line that they had the previous week. So there should be some level of continuity there, especially since they had some success last week against the Chargers. But that th- there are some, some, some holes in the offense, some things to nitpick, particularly the offensive line, and Um, And just the fact that a lot of these guys are new, they just traded for a lot of these guys or signed them. Yeah, uh, within within days of the opener, within days of starting Mm the season. So, uh, so I mean, it's just something to look out for. But, uh, but I I would put them right there in that second tier of the AFC teams. Right, like they're they're somewhere with the Colts in their own division. Like I don't think we know at this point if the Texans are better than the Colts. Uh, Mm, They certainly were last year. That's a tough thing to even say. So, um, so we'll have to. We'll just kind of. We'll kind of have to see. Like I, I think they are, but you know, I've seen this movie before.
5: Definitely, uh, Brandon. I'm Cody. Uh, wanted to introduce myself to you, but um, uh, I uh, so I write for DraftTech.com. I'm the analyst for the Panthers, and just recently I picked up the Houston Texans. So I, I write for for them as well, and I write about draft picks. So before I talk to you about this season, I want to ask you this, man. Was the Laramie Tunzel worth the next two years of first round draft picks for the Houston Texans? That, that is a steep price, brother.
7: So I agree with you uh, that that is a steep price. And I think there are, you, you asked a specific question. I think there are two questions here. I yeah. think generally you can ask is Laramie Tunzel worth the haul, the two first round picks in the right. second? Well, the, is Laramie Tunzel in a vacuum? Worth the haul, and I and, think,
5: and stills, I guess, if you want to throw that. Sure. In
7: there, well, cool. and, and you know what, I, I think it, going back to my earlier comment, that's not a a, a throwaway. There, he has yeah. to be, He's played well. Hey, you know, if you look on Twitter, guys have actually joked around. It's like, man, I'm we're really glad that we got tonsil in the in the in the Kenny Stills <laughs> trade. That's kind <laughs> of been, been <laughs> joke, uh, like in Texas Twitter, but uh, but but back to your question, is he worth? the hall in a vacuum no he's not is he worth the haul to the texans given their situation like if you know and a matter of fact you guys should actually be able to identify oh, i can't wait with, to make fun of this i can't yeah, or, yeah i mean with, with having a bad left tackle or, or or not knowing who the left tackle is or if you can rely on the guy or whatever the situation is the texans had we in that exact situation um and so Yes, a steep price. No, it's not worth it. Like if, you know, you look at it bigger picture. No, it's not worth it. But in the moment, and when you're looking at, hey, we got Deshaun Watson, we got a team that could uh that could contend, that can compete, that can at least be interesting. Um and, and Deshaun Watson, if he is a long term solution for you or your long term uh quarterback, then you have to invest in protecting him. And sometimes you might have to overpay for it.
4: Can I ask a follow-up question on that? And, Cody, you might even be the one that you want to answer. Is that My thoughts on that have to do with what happens if you didn't make that trade to this season? What is this season worth to you? Because we know what Matt Khalil will do. He will get your quarterback killed. And the only reason that we didn't lead with making jokes about Matt Khalil is we've had to watch freaking Daryl Williams play left tackle for us for the last two weeks, who has been <laughs> – equally as bad I never thought I would see anyone as bad as Matt Khalil and he was worse so was that I think that whole trade was a bet on this season or at least not throw away this season
7: yeah and I think that they just you know Matt Khalil was one of I guess a number of misses that this team has had on the offensive line really you know right before Deshaun Watson even got here before he was even drafted and they've been trying to figure it out for the last two three years and so what was it going to look like I mean it was going to look terrible like they don't they, honestly they haven't been great with Tunsell, Um, because they've had two rookies in there as well the their first round pick is Titus Howard who was drafted as a left that's another. that was supposed to be another solution at left tackle but it's like oh, I don't know if he's ready we're going to put him at guard and then well later on the last game they put him at right tackle. So like they've done musical chairs on the offensive line with everybody except Tunstall, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And and so uh, so that it, that should give you a sense for what the offensive line is look like. Nobody holds their position I guess except Nick Martin at center. But nobody really holds their position there and they they like that just to be clear. I don't know if that's a, if it's fair enough to say that that's a criticism. They like that strategy of having what they call versatile guys or guys who can play multiple positions on the offensive line. But as I told you before, it's the third, three straight weeks, three straight different offensive lines. And they've been like pretty good. So without tons of I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I, it, I, I don't,
6: I honestly don't want to know. So hey, Brandon, what's up, man? My name's Greg. It's nice to meet you. Hey, Greg. Yeah. Hey, uh, so just touching on some of the stuff you guys said, I agree with you completely on your tiers. Uh, of the Texans, I don't think they're anywhere near the K- Kansas City or, or uh, New England. But honestly, I don't think really anybody in the NFL is near yeah, that level yes. right now. Uh, but they're right underneath it. I-, I think they have what it takes to win at all right now. I don't know if they will this year, but they're they're a good building team in the future. And I really enjoy watching them. Um, we definitely know what it's like to have to change up offensive line. Like, you know, we can agree on that. But uh, my question to you is, uh, I don't know if you saw our game last week. Uh, but we have a pretty decent defense, and we've got I, th- I think we've got a great front seven, and they're starting to mesh together really well. We had eight sacks last week. And I know that it a big a problem you guys have is your offensive line and keeping Deshaun Watson from getting sacked, which kind of sucks because it's kind of the same song and dance we wrote with Cam Newton. Uh, are you worried about next week with our defensive line and your offensive line of what it could mean for the game? Do you think that'll be something that completely changes the game around? I would have been worried more last week than I am
7: now. After okay. seeing how, and and honestly, I'm not gonna give you a high take on whose defense is better between the uh, the, char- the Chargers and the and the Panthers. I, I would probably say that the Panthers are, if I had to get, think of some of the numbers that I've looked at, are are probably ranked better uh, defensively, but. After seeing them against a formidable pass rush in, uh, you know, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa in, with with the Chargers and this being, like I said, a whole nother new line right. and seeing them being able to perform against them uh, or at least hold their own, I feel better about that going against, against y'all's guys. Now, there's still some concerns there, and that's still, I think, up front is where the, the matchups are most interesting. You could argue that about any game. What right? did you but, see in that game? What did you see in that game that maybe that was different than the first two weeks? Well, I just, I, well, for one thing, I think that Titus Howard is better at right guard than what they had before in Chantra Henderson. So, uh, and and that, you know, honestly, Laramie Tunzel looked a little bit better, even though, uh, the, you know, even though he suffered a bit of an ankle injury, and they're just a little bit more in sync. They're they handled the blitz better. And that was something that was really bad. I wouldn't say terrible, but they weren't good at it. It wasn't just the offensive line, too. Deshaun Watson holds on to the ball too long. That's a major criticism of him uh, and probably takes too many chances. But that's also the thing that makes him great. Um, So between the running backs, the offensive line, and Deshaun getting rid of the ball, for the most part, Deshaun still holds the ball too long. But overall, as an offense, I saw them handle the blitz better. And so I feel good about that, at least. They seem to be gelling a little bit and seem to be a little bit more familiar with what it is that they're supposed to be doing, what their assignments are. Um, now, does that mean Charles guys can't come up there and still wreak some havoc? I think
6: I think that that's fair. I think that is, that is a fair matchup to look at and say, okay, we mano, mano, who's going to win that one? Yeah. I mean, you're definitely right. Taking a little bit of time to gel together is always the biggest part about an offensive line. Same way with kind of a defensive line. Now, I want to touch real quick on what y'all were talking about earlier about the trade for Tunzel and, and Stills being worth what they gave up. If you ask me, and I i don't follow the the Texans really, really closely. I just enjoy watching them. I, they're a great team to watch. I, I think personally it was worth it because the only thing I see you guys need to fix on your team is your offensive line. And you've got a good player to replace that. And you can do a lot through trading next year, developing players you have. I don't think y'all need a lot of high offensive picks or, you know, high picks for next year. I think y'all are right there at the cusp of being a Super Bowl contender. So for me personally, I think that that trade was worth it. Uh, You know, you don't have a lot to do on the offensive line. If they gel together, I think y'all are right there. Did you kind of look at it that way or do you? I I agree with that. And and I'll reiterate
7: the point about Kenny Stills as well. Like he's been such a great find in that trade. He was at the time of throw in because the urgency for the trade the reason why they wanted to do it is because they needed to address to address the issue at left tackle, right. And Kenny Stills was kind of a throw, and there's some some non football things that are going on with Kenny Stills in Miami as well. That kind the of The coach, him and the coach,
4: like they made he made him listen to Jay Z for twelve hours straight or something. Yeah,
7: right, like. right, right. And like what the <laughs> what the hell kind of mind game was that anyway?
13: Like that was that you got to be tough. One
7: of the silliest things that I've heard in <laughs> in, in the entire offseason, like. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm gonna do to make you nervous? I'm gonna play Jay Z to like uh, a a a black guy in his late 20s, early 30s. Well, it's because like, they don't, don't like it because he, he it. called out
4: Jay Z for being a sellout for the money.
7: Yeah, right, but but that that's fine and all, and there's possibly something to that and discussion to be had about that. But that doesn't mean Kenny Steeles is like gonna get nervous listening to Jay Z. Like I know he's been
4: listening <laughs> to him the last 20
7: years. Exactly, as, as what most have been. I mean, it, it was it was absurd. You know what I'm gonna do to get to you? I'm gonna play some Jay Z, some of the most popular music. Yeah. that exists in your era. Take that, make you know, you know, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know. on,
6: make you eat steak. You want uh, that?
7: <laughs> right, but uh, but but back on the team though. Um, so uh, so with the draft, I, I wanted to point out, or not the draft, the draft, the draft picks that were included in the trade. So we talked to people in the t- with the team recently or I guess not too long after the trade and the sense that I got from them we, you know we're having this discussion about was it worth it and you know all of that kind of stuff well to them I can tell you that they look at the draft this year's draft the one that they just participated in and have players on the field right now from yeah. next year's draft and the draft after that they don't seem to have the most confidence in like their scouting department. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a scout, but the information that they're getting has them valuing players in the league now over these draft picks that we in media and as analysts value a lot more because we're thinking, you know, we're not necessarily just thinking about the short play. We're thinking about the long play. They seem to be thinking about right now we've got Deshaun Watson, Right now, they say Andrew Luck's retirement didn't factor in any of the moves that they made, but it's got to be in the back of your mind of how much you right. can have a guy be banged up, Can a guy get sacked sixty times a year, and still want to play for you. Right. Um, so, 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 how how long do you have this this moment where for years, and Bill O'Brien is the one that can that can speak to this the most because he went so many years with with no quarterback. I mean, this is this is a team that's been wanting a quarterback or needing a quarterback for years, and they finally got him and right. now you can so you got to like, keep, keep them up right up at this point.
4: You got to keep them up right. I think too just to remind us wasn't there some weird stuff to happen with the front office like just right around the draft time and things. So it's not like there's been this like giant plan of how to proceed in the future. And uh, other point on the Kenny Stills thing is as a giant Will Fuller fan here, you know that the guy is going to miss time and you need somebody at some point in case he goes down. So uh, DeAndre Hopkins doesn't have to do everything. Well so uh,
7: since you bring since you bring up Will Fuller uh there've been people to throw around the idea that uh, is, or the question is Kenny Stills the number 2 receiver on the team now Oh shush. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, and I and I said that to get a rise out of you because you just said you. Yeah, Fuller yeah, fan. yeah. I know, <laughs> I know. They'll say it. Of course, they say. Uh, it. But but that's a good point. Not and not just Will uh, Will Fuller, but Kiki QT yeah. is a player that you got. I don't know how familiar y'all are with Kiki QT. Yeah, I know. He's a, he's a slot receiver who hasn't been able to stay on the field. He's been, uh, he's been injured basically since he got drafted last year. And so the thought was that can he still <clears throat> come in and take a lot of his spots, but but Kenny Stills is able to play in the slide. He can run deep routes. He's able to do so many different things where uh, you have both of those guys in Fuller and QT who you worry about with health. And Stills, is, is so far, seems to be reliable.
5: Right. Uh, so uh, I wanted to ask you, ask you this, Brandon. It's about your quarterback, Deshaun Watson. And uh, so by the way, I don't know if you noticed that banner behind my head. That's a Clemson National Championship banner. You ain't got to tell me about Deshaun Watson. I know the young man. It's special. DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion, is the best wide receiver in the NFL, and I think that's a potent duo. My question is this. Do you worry? So I noticed that Deshaun has the same tendency that Newton has, where if he has the ability to extend the play, he's going to do it. The problem is he's not built like Cam Newton. Do you worry that Deshaun Watson takes too many risks that puts his body in danger and, and that could potentially harm him going forward into the season?
7: Yes. Yes is the short <laughs> answer and just to to expand on it, uh it, it's something that is discussed throughout the you know almost every week because right. there's something that he does. He'll make a play that is spectacular and you know everybody's amazed by it, but he might make another play that's not that great and that it, where he gets banged up, yeah, or, he, or he's holding the ball and uh when he should be getting rid of it and um, and sort of ending the play, right? When you're holding the ball, you're still a target, you throw the ball away, they're, they're gonna slow down, they're probably not gonna try to hit you, right? Well, he's holding yeah. on to the ball when the play is not developing. Uh, if you go back to the first week against new orleans and the, the monday night football game he makes this really cool, cool cool play but lands square on his on his backside, and he's got right. a bru- bruised butt for the next few weeks uh i mean he's able to play through it uh he was able to play through the lung or rib injury or whatever it was that had him yeah. riding the bus to jacksonville um so it, it's not like he's not a tough guy i, I believe in like his toughness and like his His willingness to play through injury, but to your point of whether he's taking too many shots and taking too many risks, I can tell you for a fact that that's something that they they discuss with him internally and uh, and something that he has to be more mindful of as well. Even though there is a balance there with not wanting to take away from what he does and what it is that makes him so special, you know, you don't want to mess with that. Because uh, I mean, if you at, at that point, then you might as well just bring Brian Hoyer back. You know, if you, if you don't want a, a guy who's who's dynamic, you know, and so you want him to be that, but you want him to be smart as well,
5: right? And real quick, and then I'll let my other guys jump in here. Uh, have you been impressed with Titus Howard and and Max Sharper?
7: So we got our first look at Max last week, and he did. He yeah. was good. He did fine. I, I thought. I thought uh, too. I thought he was good. Um, hadn't seen him besides training camp, and I, I'm not a good evaluator of training camp ball and how they. I mean, so so this is his first like real game, and I I thought he was good. Titus Howard is not. It's still a project. It's still a work, or I should say, I should, not a project. He's out there playing. He's a work in progress. Um, but he's made some good plays. Uh, I I think that. Uh, the biggest thing with Titus Howard that you like is that he's physically there. He seems to be physically there. Uh, but there are just like some small things that he's got to, uh, that he's probably got to work on just, you know, just being a rookie, you know, Uh, but, but, but yeah, I I actually have been, and especially given that he's played, uh, left guard. (laughs) Well, he didn't play the first game. But he played left guard in one game and then went over to right tackle in the next game. And to, to make that adjustment, I actually – and I got to talk to him the other day, too, and he just seems to have his his head, his head on and everything. So, um, yeah, I, I'm good with the, with both of the rookie linemen. Cool. So, CK here. Um, what up, man? I'm living the dream,
0: man. Sorry, guys. My, for whatever reason, it's not letting me type in that I want to go next. So, I don't know what's going on there. But, <laughs> um, but uh, what I was going to – ask about is, you know, kind of transitioning to the Panthers. I mean, you've had a couple of days now to really focus on us. I know being an NFC team, we're not really at the top of your priority list of knowing what's going on in the league. But now that you've had a couple of days to kind of do a scouting uh, you know, report on us, what do you feel is going to be the key to the game for you, either winning or the Panthers winning
7: uh, for Sunday? So I'll tell you this, like the matchup that I'm most looking forward to, we've kind of already hit on, and that's that's your left tackle. So our our pass rush has improved from the beginning of the season. I feel like uh, there's strategic things that they've done, and they've also played better. But given what JJ Watt and Whitney Merciless, DJ Reader, uh, Charles and Minnie, who the rookie out of Texas, like we've got some, some some pass rushers, and so I'm I'm interested to see how you know how they might exploit that left side, how you know how that might go, and of course with. The rookie, well, not the rookie, but the young, inexperienced Kyle Allen out there. You know, I, I'm interested to see what that matchup looks like, and I think if they can exploit that, they did well against Gardner Minshew, even though he was able to have a late drive that almost won in the game. We talked about that earlier, uh, but but I, I'm, I'm honestly most interested in how our front, how the Texans defensive front goes up against uh, if they if if they can win that matchup against. Carolina's offensive front, and, and if they can exploit the youth, the inexperience of Kyle out, um, that for me is the biggest thing. Now, you guys brought up earlier something that you know I hadn't thought as much about, but is definitely worth worth mentioning. Y'all's defense is not for. Look, I don't have a a lot of affinity for y'all's offense. Cam's Cam, I don't know what's going on with Cam Newton. Kyle Allen, I'm familiar with him from his college days, and. I, I just don't necessarily see that being like a, a, a the greatest solution for you guys, even though he does have some talent. And Chris it's like Christian McCaffrey and Olson or Bust. You know, I don't see much from the from the oh, audience. But, you ain't but heard the, about
4: Christian McCaffrey then. What well, you just wait. He's gonna yeah, be by that then too. the end of the season. At the end so of the I, season, I just
6: said
7: Christian McCaffrey or Bust. That was oh, 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 we I thought said, you said Christian me, McCaffrey's me, a bust. <laughs> <laughs> It's Christian McCaffrey. I feel like that oh, right. is the okay. offense. Yeah, right. and, and that, a lot that, of that is, unproven. That, I, I, I feel like there's not much more, much more to it than that. Without um, Cam, we-, we are not a
4: team that strikes fear into anyone's heart. Except yeah. for, I tell you, the thing that we're optimistic about is that Cam has been such a sh- shell of himself this season to start, and we're all debating of why that is, and injuries, what else is go, all this stuff is that when Kyle Allen came in, it was a breath of fresh air to the offense, and some of the speed guys could do what they're trying to do. There are some weapons there, but except for the problem is, is that the weapon, it's kind of like uh, the Texans offense without uh, Watson. You know, is that it's just not the set. It can't ever be what it's supposed to be without Cam Newton. But, Christian McCa- but the thing is, is we might be able to just do just enough Till Christian McCaffrey comes back I think what you really need to and what we're excited I think about is a new we have a new defense our new defense we shifted to a 3-4 in the past season we got Brian Burns high in the draft he has been sensational to start we have not been lights out as a defense but we're seeing signs of young guys playing well where we could start to really bring it together, Well, whether we do or not. So we're looking at Houston as the litmus test for the Carolina Panthers. Is Kyle Allen a one-hit wonder for one week against the worst defense in the league almost, or is he just enough that we can support until Cam gets back and the defense start to gel together? This is our litmus test, guys. Yeah,
7: uh, so real quick uh, on, on a point about Kyle Allen and the weapons kind of I guess having an opportunity now since at least you have a quarterback in there who's healthy. I will say the the weak part of the Texans defense is the secondary. Um they've got good safeties, but the and and you know Bradley Roby's been pretty good for them at cornerback. He's but all, the yeah. main the 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 mainstay, Jonathan Joseph, is the is the one who Ah, uh, Philip Rivers picked on in this past game, um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see something similar happen uh, in, with 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 Kyle Allen with with, or with 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 you guys. I mean, I could see the same thing happening, and so there are some there are some situations where I could see both uh, Carolina's offense having some success against the second throwing the ball. Right, uh, especially with with Cam not being out there and not being erratic and not being injured, you know, playing injured, mm-hmm. and uh, and and like you mentioned, uh, about, I would just co-sign your point about the defense. I ha- I've also been impressed with with the defense, and I'm interested to see how they match up.
4: How has life
7: been without the honey badger? Honey badger, <laughs> you know what is funny? Like the honey badger, like he's a good player, right? But he was more loud than good. Honestly, right. when he was here, and I say that honestly with all due respect, I was a huge fan of him at LSU, huge fan of him at LSU, and I like that they that the Texans picked him up. I, I liked what he did here, uh, but man, that dude went to went to go get paid, man. Kansas City paid; they they ponied up, and I, like I would have been upset if the Texans paid that money to to the Honey Badger with Clowney still unsigned or, or franchise. Oh, or we didn't even ask about Clowney we can get there we can get there we can yeah, get I'll, there I had a question about him yeah. but but and we can get there but i will say just on the honey badger his his replacement has been Tashion Gibson from Deshawn Gibson who played in Jacksonville last year and uh and so far so good he he made a big play at the end of the game uh on the ball uh, some, at the end of the fourth quarter and uh and i just i just think that he's a good player so i i, I like their replacement for the honey badger and uh you know Good, good for him on getting his money. I'm glad the Texans didn't give it to him.
0: <laughs> so, uh, CK again, I, <clears throat> what I was looking at, um, I, well, let's. <laughs> so Deshaun Watson, right? You know, I, I think we're so hungry for that next great quarterback that they crowned him really early in his first – like when he started before he had his ACL as being, you know, that next quarterback, right? And then you have – the ACL, ACL, he comes back, he has a, a decent season, but it wasn't to the same level that they were expecting. And then, you know, we come in this season, we see a great start within the Saints, and then a Jaguars output that didn't exactly provide a lot of confidence. And then now we had a really great out, outing again against the Chargers. It reminds me a lot of Cam Newton and the fact that the inconsistency is there. When you compare the two, what, what do you feel like your fan base is split down the middle on on Deshaun Watson the way that Cam Newton has this fan base split down the middle as well?
7: Yeah, so uh, the, the the difference between the two, if we're going to compare them, is like how one is more polarizing than the other. And I know we're yeah. talking football here, but if you allow me to just to kind of go outside just a little bit. Of course. You know, Cam, Cam's got personality. He's got – you know all these things tied to him, big college career as well, right? But mm-hmm. but there was more, oh, way, really way more controversy tied to that than it was to anything that Desha- like Deshaun Watson has no controversy. Like he he None. is like the he's like the, the the perfect neighbor, like the the the, the guy you want your <laughs> daughter to date. Like yeah, he's, yeah. He, he's like a really really good guy. Like in the in the public face, so I think that there's some of that going on too, where. You know, Cam was very uh I guess I wouldn't say loud, but I, I remember when he was drafted right before the draft, he said, you know, he wanted to be an icon or he wanted to be like Mah- I forget exactly what the quote was. But you guys can I'm sure can remember yeah, that. That's he, what he said. He was making it very clear that he wanted to be something, something big, not just a quarterback, you know, um a quarterback, but like an entity of sorts. Whereas Deshaun may have some of that, but it's not like he's doing it outwardly or it's like this big, huge expression. So there's some difference there in personality and how guys are perceived and received by by the fan base. Now, on the football side of it, I think that there that there are some similarities in terms of yep. uh, the risks that they take. Now, Cam's a bigger guy. He can afford to take those risks. And in fact, it's it's always been, and correct me if I'm wrong about this but it's been always been a part of the Panther strategy for him to run and to put his body out on the line. Mm -hmm. Like they're not, they weren't, I don't feel like having those same conversations with Cam that the Texans are having with Deshaun about being smart and, 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 uh, picking your spots and, you know, doing this cost benefit analysis of, of, of when you take these risks. So there is that difference, but, uh, but as far as how the fans look at him, yeah, the fans complain about him holding the ball too long. He does hold the ball too long. The fans c- complain about him not always picking up the blitz, uh, doing his part in picking up blitzes. That is a problem. Uh, now there are some people who are irrational that think, you know, get rid of Deshaun and get a whole another guy. Oh, you know, goodness, those people yeah. that we don't we don't give much yeah. time and attention to. Right. But for the most part, I think that there is something to that. That um people look at at Deshaun Watson and, and and wonder is this guy really is he is he elite or is he just very very good or like really good and it makes it look amazing all right i and want like, to follow how, up how i want to follow up on this because
4: what's interesting is one of the things is the factors is the Houston the dearth of quarterbacks there and yeah. never having a quarterback It creates a reception for a quarterback who shows any glimpses that he could be a real-deal QB, like badass QB. You guys are hungry for that, and you want it so much. I don't know why the Carolina Panther fans weren't like that more, is that there has always just been this strange entity of people that believe that Cam Newton couldn't succeed. Now, I think with Watson, I don't think that that uh, exists, and I think that people have tended to view him. He's done, had so much more success throwing the ball early in his career, and he's been making some hero- – I mean, his throws are crazy awesome. I don't think we look at him as a running quarterback. I think we look at him as a quarterback who's a th- who has elite athletic skill set but wants to right. be a pocket passer. Houston has always had the narrative, though, that they couldn't protect anybody. And for some reason, Cam has been different. Cam has been a team a player that didn't need protection. We didn't have to give it to him. Uh, we didn't want to give it to him. It's strange. If we've, it's, we're paying for it now. And on top of that, people didn't think he could be an elite quarterback. They looked at him like an athlete, other than us, who are just fanboys of him, who are going, there is this. So I don't think that there is that. You're on to something about how Cam is polarizing. And certain people are. You know, it doesn't matter if it's it's not that even though being a black quarterback has a lot to do with it, we firmly believe that. But it's just sometimes the person. In their personality, because you're looking at Watson and less people have come more accustomed to guys that play a little bit more and look more like Cam in the last seven years because of cam, then maybe Watson's inherited that a little bit
7: i I think that there is something to that uh, but I mean all of that stuff is still there. I don't know if you guys remember or you or if you saw this story. Last year, I believe it was, but there was a school superintendent, uh, the, the, a superintendent at a public school district yeah, in, in Southeast oh, Texas. Yeah. I do remember who, this. Um, I, I can't even remember exactly what game it was, but Deshaun didn't have his best game. Let's just suffice it to say that Deshaun didn't have his best game, and the superintendent of the school district goes out and says, "You know, you, this is you know, you can't win with a black quarterback." And and, and, and I, I keep stressing that he's the superintendent of the right. school district to point out that he's not a bot. You know, he's yeah. not some some you know anonymous guy yeah. living on. And the he's internet. supposed to
4: be a guy that should be somewhat educated, obviously, because you are the right. superintendent of a school system. On top right. of that, too, is that what this reminds me of is that I remember that North Carolina
6: is the South. But it turns out Texas, still the South too. (laughs) Do you think being in Texas, being further South, there's a stigma of, you know, more racism as far as that goes. Do you think, do you see that a lot? Yeah. So, so like you got to think of Texas. We have these big cities, right? We've got Houston,
7: Dallas, Austin's, you know, not that big of a city, but it's a fairly nice size city and it's the capital San Antonio. We've got these cities but Texas is mostly like country, backwoods, yeah. rural. I mean, that is what that's what these cities are largely made of. That and transplants from other, you know, from totally different states. Right. But these cities are actually made of these folks that started off, or their family start. I'm even one of them whose family started off in these rural areas. And made it to the city, so yeah, man. There's a lot of that. People, people, people think of Texas and think of those big cities, man. But the reason why it's so damn big is because you got all of these little towns. There are a lot more counties than than you can even, than you than you could probably even consider.
5: Backwater rednecks, man. You can say it. Yeah, man. (laughs) I mean, it
4: is what it is.
5: Hey, man. They ain't got no
4: water in Texas though, so you can't call it backwater rednecks. They're just back. (laughs) (laughs) Sam uh, (laughs)
5: Redneck Brandon uh, listen man you have been incredible on our show tonight man you've uh, uh, handled the rapid fire of all of our questions uh, perfect man I just kind of want to get my final question to you is um, you know where are you confident most confident going into the game and what keeps you up at night What, what do you fear might be the Texans undoing and what do you do to win the football game, if you win, what do you do well? So, both sides, what what are you afraid of, and what are you confident about going into the matchup?
7: So, so I'm I'm most I'm actually most confident for all that we talked about in the, in with Deshaun and his ups ups and downs. Every game, I could say, like my answer to that to that specific question would be the same. Right. Is Deshaun? Yeah, Deshaun Watson and his ability to and make Hopkins. plays. Um, whether it's so, and and just real real quick, the Texans have won differently, or have, have been successful in different ways. There have been games where Carlos Hyde, who we haven't talked about, but has been also another pleasant surprise for the Texans, another think. great pickup. Their their running game was not there uh, with against the Chargers. And Deshaun and the, and the offense in this once the second half came, were able to pick it up. And so I believe in like just Deshaun as a leader. Uh, I, I do think that there's something to maybe overhyping him a little bit after that right.
4: after that after that season. Saints
7: or the Saints game. I, Shoot,
4: after and, the Saints game, yeah. you're looking at that and you're going, dude, this guy dude, is like Mahomes. He my dropped to win that game. Like, he I, I, not to win that
6: game the Saints game. He did that yeah. by
7: himself. Like he willed yeah. that victory at the end well and then there was some of that last week i mean in uh, avoiding pressure and and fi- finding the tight end like the tight ends got involved i'm like i forgot we had tight ends that could, you know like because that wasn't a thing before just last week. And so Deshaun is the short answer to uh the thing that that i'm most confident in the thing that i'm more that i'm that i'm worried about is, uh, is 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 the coverage man uh yeah. one of the if you listen to radio in Houston one of the big calls that you'll get is why is Jonathan Joseph playing 25 yards off of his off of his man like why won't he press his why won't he press his man a little bit and like that is like a, a scare for us i think because uh well, well because the the, the 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 front is so good the front is good is actually good enough to to bail them out but in the situations where they're not like we're we're worried about Jonathan Joseph and just how good is the is the coverage how good are we in coverage and there are some holes there that is what keeps me up at night now I I take some uh some comfort in how good the pass rush is mm-hmm. and uh and so I just kind of take the good with the bad there
6: okay well uh, real quick I'm going to kind of change lanes a little bit cuz one thing we haven't talked about you kind of brought up before is the, the running back acquisitions you guys have this year. Uh, the way I look at it, uh, I've, I've had Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson on my fantasy team this year at one point in time, but either traded them or dropped them for whatever reason because, for me, it's, it's kind of a, a, a dual threat back and you don't know which one to play. I see kind of like a Sony Michelle James White type um, deal they have going here where you've got one who's in for more of a pass protection receiving type core and the other one who's, who's a bruiser. And we had two combo, or we had a combo running back with D'Angelo Williams, and the Stewart, but they were both kind of bruisers. So, um, what do you think? Do you like the combination? Would you rather see a dominant one, or do you like the, like kind of having both of them and giving a kind of variety of what's coming next?
7: Oh, I, I, I'm good with whichever way works. To be okay. honest with you, I don't, I don't, I don't have a preference on on the style. Like I'm pragmatic, so whichever thing works, I'll go with. But, but, but to the large to the point that you're making though, is it's interesting. Because we didn't know who was going to be the number one back after they brought these guys in. Lamar Miller had gone down in the preseason and then they brought these guys in. We weren't sure. And that's been sort of a thing to to watch. Like who gets the most carries, who's who seems like they're gonna be that number one back. And so far for us, it does seem like it's Carlos High. Like for or at least for me. Yeah. I'll tell you the Texans would tell you, the Texans, the team would tell you that they're doing this uh Sony Michelle, this one-two. Back to this thing that you that you mentioned that that's kind of the, the attitude or that the matchup, the defense itself that they're facing would dictate which running back is going to eat that week, whether right. it's gonna be Duke Johnson or Carlos Hyde. So far, I've been more impressed with Carlos Hyde as a bruiser and as somebody who's uh, who's been shiftier than I thought he would be. Uh, Duke Johnson's been good as well, but if 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 you're asking me though, what I think the the dynamic is going to be, I think that ultimately Carlos Hyde is going to be your every down back and Duke Johnson's going to be in there for special situations. Change of pace. Okay. Yeah. Change of pace. Right.
4: Okay. All right. um, uh, My uh, last question tonight, and then we'll get you out of here. Thank you so much for being so gracious with your time.
7: And it's been Uh, fun, man. I appreciate y'all for having me. Man,
4: no problem, man. We're gonna have you back. Definitely. The, my question is where do you see for, the Texans in the division and in the conference this year going forward. You have, I don't know what to think of the Colts. I have to, I, I've i been um, stubborn in not wanting to believe that they were going could be any good, and I've picked against them each week, and I've paid for it, I feel like, every week. Um, there is, this is not a toss-away division this year. Jacksonville with a crazy awesome defense, and then the Colts with a good start and better than we expected what are your expectations within the division
7: and the conference this year yeah so I have calmed down a little bit on so the immediate reaction to Andrew Luck's retirement for Texans fans and for Texans optimists is okay they're the clear cut favorite I want to say that that was just a fact actually maybe even Vegas it might even been a fact in Vegas and everywhere else so the Texans are the clear-cut favorite. Once that happens, I start to look around and I'm kind of like you. I'm like, you know what? But Texans have lost to Jacoby Brissett before. Like I've seen that happen. Like, yeah, like I can't discount that. Um, I, I don't believe in the Titans, but uh, as you mentioned with the with the with the Jags, Nick Foles. I was, uh, I didn't know what to make of Nick Foles as a starter because we'd seen that before. Yeah. Um, uh, away from Philly, but then he gets hurt. And Gardner Minshew, who I will admit I liked Gardner Minshew, I didn't think he was going to come out. I'm not predict saying I predicted this or any of that, but I like Gardner Minshew coming out of Washington State. I think he should have been drafted higher. So I was actually excited when he went in there. I've and how can you
4: not like a guy with that swag, dude?
7: That that <laughs> drip, that sauce, it's legit. It- Hey, look! Look, I've got facial hair, but my mustache will never be as mean as that. Uh, and I just have to with it. And 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 yeah, man, you got to respect the drip as well. Yeah, so, all right. Uh, so I, I appreciated that, but man, look, I look for me. Uh, well, 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 I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember the what division. The, How what,
4: you feel about division and the, conference? The, 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 is... the division
7: for me. For me, the Texans. Are still the class of the division, but it's but it's out of the Texans and and the Colts. Like, yeah. I, I I I don't really know what to make of Jacksonville's like their in house situation with the Jalen Ramsey thing. Uh, I have been impressed with Leonard Fournette and Gardner and Gardner Minshew and uh, and their defense is impressive. I just don't see it. The Texans have looked the best, particularly because they have the best quarterback. Yeah, and I think that. Beyond that, I, that you could argue back and forth who has the better roster between the Colts, like the overall roster between the Colts and the Texans. I would say the Texans, you got yeah, some people that think would say the Colts. I think you got to say
4: the Texans because it always comes down to who's got the, in the eyes, in our eyes, who really has a better <clears throat> quarterback if everything else is a wash. And it sounds like you're on the right in the same thing that I'm thinking about the, with the Texans, and that is... If you don't win your division this year, it's a squandered opportunity because mm-hmm. you can't really work, you can't really count on anything but just trying to get into the playoffs and hoping that you catch uh, Kansas City or New England on a down week or a tough week because there's some good teams. Baltimore is nothing that I think they're legit. I think those are the four teams that right there uh, I'm saying are winning or are, are going to the playoffs. And uh, it's going to be a tough road for all of them. In fact, the guys from the NFC might be happy that they just beat the living tar out of each other. And in the Super Bowl, hopefully, you just catch a wounded
7: warrior. Yeah. So, you know what? I, I should have answered the question this way. Like, the the Texan season really comes down. It, it, a lot of this is about Bill O'Brien. Talk yeah. about there not being a, a, a general manager. The, the the head coach Bill O'Brien has one playoff win one and that was against a Connor Cook led Raiders team oh wow. Raiders y'all lost to the Bengals didn't you that was 2015 wasn't it yeah well we I want to say we beat the Bengals uh, we beat the Bengals in back to back years uh, that was 20 was that 2012 okay 2013. That guy been but so long. He, but 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 the, the the point is they go like like last year you got the embarrassment at home to a division foe who had been the wild card team right yeah uh, to the the Colts and it, it, back to the point of like what keeps you up at night the Colts the Colts keep me yeah, like that that wasn't the question and we were talking about the Panthers game but a, as a Texans fan it's the Colts that that keeps you up at night. But uh, you go before that, the Brian Hoyer year when uh, when they got embarrassed by, I believe it was Kansas City. I mean, whenever it's been time to like, like seize the moment, they've never done it. They've never done it. So like whether it's whether you win the division, whether you're able to squeak out a wild card, whatever it is, you just got to show up in the big game. You got to show up in the moment because that's what they haven't done. That's why people were so excited about them beating the Chargers, which really is kind of a benign victory. But you look at them as a team that won 12 games last year and they have an actual quarterback. Bill O'Brien has not been good against quarterbacks who we think are going to go to the Hall of Fame at some point. And so that's really what like where we are right now, like whether you win a division where you're able to get the wild card, which you're probably not given how things are going to slug out at the end. You got to win that big game at the end. And that's something that they just have not been able to do at any point in franchise history. Well, the
4: good news for the Panthers is maybe the win against the Chargers is slightly fool's gold because Phillip Rivers always throws a fourth-quarter (laughs) pick to lose the game. He's the Hall of Fame quarterback (laughs) who always throws the ball, and he never gets criticized for it. He never gets criticized. He makes the worst decisions. Like, I mean, it is – and it's always at the end, and it always means a lot. And um, so – well, all right, man Brandon, you've been fantastic tonight. Tell us about where where our fans can find you on social media as well as check out your podcast.
7: Yeah, so Houston Houston Overtime is available on basically anywhere where you can get podcasts. Apple, Spotify, you name it. you can you Google play, you can find uh, you should be able to find Houston Overtime. I'm at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter. Um, You know, I'm I'm actually uh, also working in radio and sports radio in Houston around the Texans. And so. uh, So, yeah, just 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 check me out at Brandon K Scott and you'll be able to find me uh, musing about the games and, and, and in between and and definitely on the podcast, which drops every Monday. Which, in fact, if you got nothing to do
4: after the game, uh, we always do a post-game show. You're more than welcome to join us if you have time. If not, man, we will definitely catch up with you on social media. Follow the Houston Overtime Podcast. should be called the Texan Overtime. I told you, drop the S. Drop the S and then say, ha!
7: They gave him shit about his former name so a uh, off offline I'll tell you what the uh what the other idea was that was actually similar to that but, but, uh, it, it, it.
4: all right man thanks a lot guys you guys go follow Brandon Scott and the Houston Overtime Podcast part of the Overtime Media Network which we are also part of all right guys we got to move on we've got uh, still a ton of calls to get through the betting segment the picks to go through let's jump back guys um All right, so listen, before we get into that, remember, folks, we are trying to build a community here uh, for Panther fans. So continue to participate in the chat room. There's been a lot of great conversation in there tonight, as well as call into the Cat Calls line. The number is 252 228-5098 Two two eight fifty ninety eight, and don't forget to smash the thumbs up button and tell a friend about the show you can find us like Brandon said on a, every major audio podcast outlet there is and we appreciate all the listeners as well and so to show that let's get back into the cat calls and see what these cats got to say
10: Hey guys I uh, didn't realize how much time I had on these i uh, still Harrison from Atlanta, Georgia I just want to talk about how of the defense play and the opponent that we are going to face is in the Texans. I think that with our with our defense, I think our defense has to have all the confidence in the world, even though, I mean, the Cardinals are nothing special, but that, I mean, the Texans O-line is one of the worst in the league. I think that our D can capitalize against them and give Deshaun not, not too much time to throw the ball. I Also know that the Texans, their cornerbacks, they have one of the worst secondaries. So I think I think it's a good matchup that we can win. And I, I mean, I don't. I'm not saying it's a must-win game, but it would. It would. It would. Flip it's a must-win win game. Kyle Allen comes out here and does another 300 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, he, he would. Then you would. You would have to start him um, for the Jaguars game. No question about it. Um, I think even Cam would would want that for his teammates. I know all the stuff he does, and for the youth in, in Atlanta, where I live, and I think he'd be excited for all his all his teammates to to get back in the winning column and get their
5: mojo going um yeah i appreciate it yeah so one fantastic call thanks for the call um uh, yeah but this is i do agree with the call i feel there's areas of this matchup where we're going to have some favorable uh matchups that go in, in our advantage and i think brandon even mentioned them. uh this backfield for the houston texans there it's not the best defensive backfield in the nfl and I feel Kyle Allen showed what the potential of this offense is. And we talked about it all off season. I mean, that's a lot of, uh, of talented players that you have to cover. You have to cover Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Greg Olson. I mean, they don't quite have the personnel to match up with that. Now, they definitely have the defensive line to match up with our offensive line. And that's what gives me nightmares. But um, I mean that's my main concern for the match. But if we're able to provide some pass protections, I feel that it's a winnable ball game. Uh, Greg, how about you? What do you feel? Man?
6: Well, touching on what you said, I, I agree with you that that our offensive line is vulnerable right here compared to their defensive line. But I think when you compare the two, our defensive line versus their offensive line, and our offensive line versus their defensive line, I think we have the advantage there. I uh, just personally, uh, but right. you know, if we out- don't start Daryl Williams, we have yeah, exactly. to start That's Greg right. little. We have to start well, Greg little. I agree. I agree. I just want to say though, like getting out there about, about Kyle Allen, like people forget or don't forget. But they don't know. He was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. You know, he yes. was the number seven overall ranked player. The year he was coming into college. This guy has put it out there before and is a good quarterback. Now, People talk about how he played in preseason and everything, but let's look at his regular season games. He he's not a bad quarterback. You know, years ago we boasted about having the best backup quarterback or backup uh, quarterback in the league with uh, what was his name? D A. The guy that huh? D A. Yeah, Eric Anderson. I don't like the the man. Eric Anderson, exactly. And we never got to see it very much of it. And when we did get to see it, he really didn't do that well. Uh, I think Fair. that we've got enough here to get us through the season if Cam needs surgery, and I think that Cam should take the surgery if he goes, but it's a little away from the question you asked me. But um, no, I, I, I think that we have the same kind of uh, problems they had this year or right now in this game as far as O-line versus D-line. I think that's the biggest thing key for this game because we maybe can't match up with wide receiver talent they can, but we have passed their top one. I think we're over everything else they've got.
2: CK,
5: what do you, CK, what what do you feel about uh, this matchup? Do you feel that we have a chance to pull this off? And if so, what does that mean? What do we have to do well in order to pull this off?
0: I I think we got to get better at our run defense because I mean, if we can't, you know,
5: point, good point.
0: If we can't stop, you know, their run, I mean, how are we going to stop the pass? I mean, because if we have to focus so much, if we have to load the box and not dedicate as many people to the secondary. I mean, we they have some burners, and we need to be able to make sure we don't have the situation where we had two opportunities that happened to just be luckily dropped. You know, the you know Christian yeah. Kirk one that was all the way down the field that Trey Boston broke up, and then the other one that was a complete blown coverage by uh, Dante Jackson. Yes, uh, you know that was dropped. I mean those those aren't going to happen against the Texans. Those are not going to happen, and so you cannot let those blown assignments happen because those are going to be house calls.
4: Yeah, and we cannot afford to make giant mistakes on defense with – see, if if anything, is that, yeah, is that Kyle Allen has been – was impressive in that. We'd like to see how he can do in two weeks. Can he stay healthy too? Because, you know, last year he got blown up really quickly. But you're talking about an opportunity here to where your defense, if they can win that matchup against the offensive line, you have um, an honest shot uh, with this team. We are not – uh, over look, the odds are four points. It's oh man, we're four they're four point favorites. It's not a giant spread here, but you do that know that, that they have a superior wide receiver group. And, and and it is one of the best in the league when those guys are healthy, when Fuller's healthy. DeAndre Hopkins, toast of the town. The good news is James Bradbury has been uh a pretty darn good. And yeah. I think some of the questions and or comments in the in the chat room have have po- pointed to some of the things that we have talked about on this podcast with the defense not being elite in these first couple of games. But I tell you one thing, didn't they defense, they can be more op- opportunistic when they don't have to play the entire game. And I think we well, don't really well, yeah. kn- I don't think we know what the defense is just yet. Because we've they've been so gassed in those first two games, I think you started to see some signs of what they could be in that last game. But it wasn't perfect.
5: Yeah, it wasn't perfect at all. Um, and I, I feel you hit the nail on the head, man. Listen, if we start Daryl Williams as as a left tackle, I mean, listen, y'all, they got Whitney Merciless and J.J. Watt that they're going to be patrolling the edges, man either of those guys are going to be able to feast. I I, I predict they're going to put Whitney Merciless on Daryl Williams because Daryl Williams cannot deal with that speed rush at all, and they're just going to let him feast. I mean, Ron Rivera doesn't want to play new people, but damn it, sometimes he's forced. Uh, I mean, he was forced against the Cardinals and still put Daryl Williams back, back in the football
4: I don't game. understand it. It's I don't understand numbers. it.
5: World Somebody
4: needs to ask him that question. That's the question to ask him is why the hell didn't you stick with Greg Little? All right, let's get back into the calls and play
2: through. Good evening, guys. Rich in London. What's up, Rich? Today's to digest the great win against the Cardinals. Um, okay, first thing the Cam news about the Liz Frank injury, or Liffont, as it probably is. Um, that's absolutely <laughs> insane. If Cam had that. When he hurt himself in preseason. I mean, it's basically it's dislocation. It's not it's not a, a tendon or a ligament. It's usually considered the, the bones deep within the foot have moved. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether that that was diagnosed by the team. I mean, I can't believe it wasn't. I mean, it must have been X-ray. So either yeah, that happened in the game, or if it had happened, I mean maybe it was like a dislocation that popped and went back again, but it's absolutely nuts that he was out there for the two games. I mean in that second game against Tampa, <laughs> Cam couldn't move, <coughs> excuse me, not even being able to, to run or to dive for one yardage because he couldn't put any pressure on it. Um, Rivera it should be fired. Um, you know, are going back over old territory. So that, that is absolutely insane. Um, anyway, enough of Cam. Good luck. To, it is possible to like Carl Allen, want him to do well, and still love Cam. Um, yes. You know, we need to get behind Carl and wish him all the success. Interesting analogy today on something else with uh, of him as a point guard. Um, yeah, and, and it's a it's a point going forward with about Carl Allen and Cam is that. We've always said Cam's never had any weapons, um, and therefore distribution now is is something that the Carolina quarterback needs to be good at, and Kyle Allen did a good job. Um, you know, we've got weapons, and some of the throws, I mean, apparently he's TFF's quarterback of the week, despite everybody else, because the placement of his throws, I mean, there's some they're in stride if you if you know anything about leading people if you've played a high level sport you know putting the ball in front of the man to run onto it I mean that's a thing from rugby but also you know where we put it <clears throat> for some of the throws the DJ uh, DJ Moore touchdown you know only DJ got it and he took it in stride and went for the house which was just fantastic yeah. um, it's really encouraging so let's just go with it you know you guys will be discussing it all night how long he's going to be in Cam's going to be out a while so let's just get behind Kyle. I hope he stays injury-free. Um, second thing was Greg Little looked superb in pass protection. I mean, Darren, oh, God, Darrell's a flipping turnstile. You know, I've done one poem about less tackles. I don't think I've got another one in me. But <clears throat> if Greg Little can't run... All
4: right, here's part two. It's me again.
2: I haven't finished my point, but I'd just like to say that the amount of time between the last call and re you... It is about 15 seconds, which is about the same amount of time Dante Jackson was in the air for that interception. Um, <laughs> that was incredible. Um, yeah, Greg, Greg Little looks the pass. Run right or put someone else in to help him if he can't run block. But my God, the pass blocking, you know, that's what he does. And he, he was, BFF loved him. I didn't think much of him pre the draft. I thought he was overdrafted. But my God, what a difference that was when he came in. Um, you know, I'm sure it's going to take Ron another six games before he chooses in outright. But, yeah, uh, that was really, really encouraging. Um, Rich knows what's Dante up. Jackson, um, yeah, the, the tackling issue. I'd love to get a hold of him as a rugby player because the, he sprints up. He's almost too fast for his own good. He comes flying in and sell. it's called selling yourself. So he comes in and basically launches himself. The moment you lose contact with the ground, you can't change position. Okay? And that's what he does. And it worked brilliantly once. As it was a birdie absolutely flattened. But, you know, these guys are also elite athletes and they sidestep or they jink or juke, as you call it. And, and you know, he misses and ends up, you know, sailing through the air, whipping and looking like He's, a
4: gambler. If He's he ran a gambler. He's a gambler.
2: He decelerated, so he slowed himself down a couple of yards before the hit. Don't even make the hit. Contain the guy because no one's going to run around Dante Jackson. And then just, what are you going to, what's he going to do? He's going to try and run yeah. it over so it's a one or two more yards. He can't run around him because no one can run around him. It's not that difficult to coach this. I mean, I, honestly, I look at stuff. There's so many things like, what was it, the Baltimore drop kick. It's like, oh God, I've been doing those since I was eight years old. Um, <laughs> you know, it, there, there's stuff that can be improved on that are matters of coaching. Uh, that could really help. But anyway, um, in terms of our secondary, I've just seen some grades coming out about how good. But there's something like second in pass defense, which is fabulous. So um, anyway, it's all quite positive. It's an interesting game against the Texans because they could thrash us or they could completely collapse. I mean, I think it, judging by how our pass rush was, and I'm sure you chatted about that. Great to see Christian Miller, the Miller and Burns of the new Crockett and Tubbs. There you go. Um, that looks like <laughs> long arms <laughs> outside linebacker edge rushers nabbing quarterbacks I mean they're going to feast on Deshaun Watson if he doesn't get rid of the ball and they haven't got any line to speak of so uh, really looking forward to it right I'm not going to phone a third time anyway looking forward to listening to you on Wednesday guys keep pounding love you all Sony, Cody everybody listening keep pounding
4: Thank you, Rich. Fantastic call. And, guys, to kind of bring the call up, uh, to kind of bring it back into focus, number one point, Cam is going to be out for a while, and Kyle Allen will be in. And he does give us an opportunity at this moment to diversify our offense and see some of those things. I mean, he really was. I mean, the the throw to Curtis Samuel – uh, for the touchdown pass. He was on the run, and he and, he, and that was a, a a hefty throw there. The one to Olsen around the back end of the end zone. You saw that the Panthers' offense could do more with Kyle Allen in than they could with a very hobbled Cam Newton. Uh, the other point I got away from this is, look, Ron Rivera, the whole Greg Little thing, you guys said it. Rich knows exactly what's up right here. If Ron Rivera, we are going to get, this will be the final straw for me with Ron Rivera and the way he uses players. I've tried to give a guy who's been in the league and knows the team and all this the benefit of the doubt, but the offensive line has been Ron's Achilles heel throughout his tenure and how they address it. And if we have to see Daryl Williams more getting beat like a drum, before they put in Greg Will- it was night and day guys between Daryl Williams and Greg and, and, and Greg Little. And Daryl Williams wasn't I mean and Greg Little wasn't perfect, but he was not awful. So to me, he's he's on to that and the other thing is Dante Jackson is a gambler.
5: Yeah. I uh I tweeted out a photo. I don't remember who sent it out, but it was the cycle of Dante Jackson and that was he was gonna he was gonna make a big tackle Uh, then he's going to miss a wide-open tackle, and then he's going to get a pass breakup, and then he's going to get an interception that might go to the house, and then he'll miss another wide-open tackle. It's just, you know, there's inconsistency um, in his level of play, but you love the talent that you see from a man. And honestly, I mean, as long as he is getting those interceptions, being the ball hawk, Man, that's what we drafted him to do. Right, literally right. just that. We haven't had a dynamic corner like that in a very long time. So, yeah, you have time. to work through that kind of time. stuff. Yep. But that's why you have to play your young players. Let them play through the mistakes. That's what they have to do. We're and seeing Ron- it
4: on defense, though. Ron is going with it on defense, so we got to see it yeah. on, on. And when it comes to Dante Jackson, he's a Greek tragedy. And that is the very strengths that make you a superhero, in your in y'all's words. In like, the, your greatness uh-huh. is also your Achilles' heel. Is that it's yeah. his confidence, it's his braggadocious, it's his swagger that makes him make those big plays. But he also gets overconfident and just didn't make the tackle. He wanted to blow the guy up. And also because he's small, he does have to try to hit like that or else the guys are going to shrug him off. All right, let's keep yeah. going through with these calls
6: unless you guys got any follow-up points there. Well, I was just going to say I'm going to turn to the stat day real quick. For everybody who's talking about James Bradbury and, and Dante Jackson not working as their cornerbacks right now, pulling up stats, Dante Jackson has two, two <clears throat> interceptions, 12 solo tackles, and five passes defended. Uh, James Bradbury has one interception, seven tackles, and four passes defended. That ranks third, fourth, and fourth in the NFL, and third, probably 15th or 16th, and fifth in the NFL. So we have a over, two overall guys who are tied for the second-best cornerback and the 11th-best cornerback in the NFL. And Bra- was the
4: Bradbury time. the second? Was Bradbury the second?
6: Bradbury was, he's was tied, he for,
4: he tied for 11th. You know, Bradbury has something like a 27% like quarterbacks have like a 27% completion rate or a 27 quarterback rating when they go at his side. James Bradbury, if he can put together another couple of picks, he's going to get paid this offseason. All right. He should. Um, should. Here we go. Next call. What's
14: up, guys? This is uh, Kyle from VA. Um, I didn't get to watch the game live Sunday. I wasn't in jail. But you Did he say he I was in, in jail? Five keeping, keeping i <laughs> pretty sure. Then, uh,
4: Hold on, one more
14: time. But you better believe I was down there five minutes keeping the day. um, I didn't get to watch the game live Sunday. Uh, I wasn't in jail. But you he was Oh, he worked at
4: a jail. Keeping, keeping track of everything. Oh, maybe. That was going hey, then, maybe.
14: And, uh, you know, a lot of people talking about it that it was against the Cardinals and they're one of the worst teams in the football and the NFL. But a W is a W in the NFL, and it's exactly what yep. we needed. Uh, just a, a huge time to thank Kyle Allen for going out there and just in the moment, just seizing the moment. Went out there and, and, and made the plays that he needed to make. Went out there and balled out. Um, good team win. Um uh, like I said, it's exactly what we needed. It's everyone knows the Panthers are a momentum team, and that we needed this win. They got their swag back in this game. They got their confidence that all this hype in the in the off wasn't just bullshit. They they now know that they can go out there, line up against another NFL team, and punch them in the mouth and beat them, just beat them up all around. So let's just keep the momentum going in Houston. If we can go out there and get another W. Man, that would be fantastic. Uh, it's still Cam Newton's team, but I hope Kyle Allen continues to perform like this. And, uh, that Dante Jackson pick where he levitated an air was ridiculous. He just, like, he a, he created the new Jumpman logo. It was now Air Jackson. That was insane. That was insane. But, um yeah. And Christian McCaffrey, when it's time for his contract to come around, whatever he wants, that and a
4: little
5: more oh, yeah. That's yep he's right he should be one of the highest
6: paid in the NFL Family guys
4: like, keep pounding alright I gotta say this fantastic call and if you work at a jail be safe if you were in jail free our caller he's our new Meek, Meek Mill <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm into that like
4: alright next call
11: Tony this message is for you bud I'm icing you up, sucker.
2: Okay? <laughs>
11: Me and Josh, we aren't from Boston, guys. Boston's like an hour and a half away from us. <laughs> Massachusetts is huge. Okay, if I was from Boston, oh, yeah. I'd be talking like this. Let's go pocket your car in the fucking yard.
4: This was huge. That is you
11: know,
4: how you're talking. <laughs>
11: so, no, guy, yeah. I'm a fucking Panthers fan. Okay, at least I'm not a Bills fan. Okay.
13: Thank
11: God. <laughs> you know. Boston's an hour and a half away, guys. All right? Look up the fucking basketball hall of fame. That's like 20 minutes from my house. Same thing with Josh. All right? So ice up, sucker. <laughs>
5: I, I feel ice like... Ice up, uh, uh,
4: Hold on. Hey. Uh, um, I, w- I feel like I've been... People have been coming after me a lot lately. Uh, I they love you, man. They
6: really love you. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, a- I just gotta say, I got no room to talk about anybody's accents with mine. So, the the like... I'm I'm just having fun.
5: That All dude right. has definitely had a cup of coffee <laughs> down at the Dunkin' Donuts, bro. Promise you.
4: Is Massachusetts really that big? It says it is located in New England region north and has an area of ten thousand five hundred and fifty five square miles. It, and then it's definitely not
6: as big as North Carolina, I can tell you that.
4: North Carolina says has only three thousand square miles of what? inland water. Oh of inland water. Dude, we have a third of your state of just water. Okay. All right. I'm going to research this more. Uh, we are the third largest state. I be- that, can that be right? No. California, no, New York. Like California. No, no. We're going to investigate how big Massachusetts is. But you're right. You're not from Boston because you can pronounce your eyes. Going to Harvard. People from Boston cannot pronounce the eyes. All right. Uh, I got a great story for you guys about Boston one day. Alright, so now
11: that I got the fun call out of the way finally, <laughs> Nick. Know, Hey call. Nick, hey, don't be a, a laugh Now that I got the fun call out of the way I Hope I got you laughing, Tony um,
4: <laughs> <laughs>
11: So, I remember when I was watching that Amazon series on us uh, I forget what it was called All or uh, Nothing, anyway, which
4: I call All Dave In Dave
11: Kemper was talking about how Pittsburgh They kind of kept everything secret and that sort of deal is it at all possible that the last week or so, the issues with Cam being kept secret and Ron not knowing about it, or something along those lines, could be Dave Kemper just saying, "Hey, you know, let's not let them know. Let's let let's not let any of our opponents know what's going on. Let's kind of keep it, keep them out of the loop, or maybe even keep Ron Rivera out of the loop because let's say he's probably not going to last next year until next year." You know, so like Tepper's going, going to Cam and, and say, say, I got your okay. back.
4: Hey, Ron is, is a buffoon.
11: Put the on Let's not let anybody know about it or limited details because that's what I've done in the past and it could have worked or it might not have worked. Maybe it's just all he knows. Who knows? Let me know what you guys think.
4: Interesting there, because Greg earlier said you're wondering if this signals that Tepper is dissatisfied with Cam, and this is a, another angle that could just be as logically true, and that is that Tepper is dissatisfied with the way that they have uh, managed Cam, or the use of Cam. Imagine that is saying, uh, you got to keep it secret from the coach. <laughs> <laughs> that's some top secret mess I do think really for me the real, one of the concerns that's starting to arise for me is how good is the Panthers medical staff and maybe I'm just oh. being um, maybe I'm just kind of thinking about it from the terms of how Tripp Williams really felt betrayed by the medical staff in Washington and you're starting to hear a couple of more stories you know these guys are not infallible And you you got to wonder, too, if it's time for these organizations to start investing in more than just one team doctor but having a team of team doctors to, you know, I don't know, but RV has been around for a long time, and this isn't been the only injury that we have had some questions about the timing and the way that they've dealt with it. So that's my thoughts on it. And, uh, guys, what do you think about the secrecy? Because, again, that was to the point of my friend. He's saying this. If they're telling you the foot... It's probably the shoulder. If you're telling you the shoulder, it's probably the foot. There, yeah. I mean, there is some disinformation involved in this. And uh, and then the Panthers come out and immediately shut it down and say, "Cal, Allen, there's no questions about if Cam is going to be around this week. What do you guys think about the disinformation and secrecy, clandestine nature of the Cam Newton injury?
5: Well, it, it is important to, and you alluded to it, Tony, that not all medical staffs in the NFL are created equal. I mean, they're just not. I mean, you mentioned Trent Williams, uh, left tackle for the Redskins, said he refuses to play for a medical staff that would treat him the way they've treated him pretty much. And I mean, you look at Cam Newton and the amount of injuries that he's had to go through and how he've handled the shoulder and rushing him back and all, oh, he's able to play when we all knew he wasn't healthy and able to play proper football.
4: Um, I think it goes back to the ankle. Do you remember he had the ankle surgery in 2013, and it was late. All of the surgeries have they right. have not? They've been wishy washy on it.
5: But that's on Mario Herney as well. That's what he's in charge of, of hiring all the staff and all the personnel. It's not just right. draft that's a good
4: point. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that right. general
5: managers are in charge of, and if Vermillion has been there forever. Then that might be one of Herne's men, is a uh, man, man, that is not willing to fire. You don't know. And it might I, be uh,
4: the blemish. It might be one of the few Herney blemishes we've seen.
5: As of late, yeah. I mean, it's possible for sure. Um, if something needed to change, I fear it would probably have to come from David Tepper himself. But I don't have a lot of confidence in um, our coach and staff or in our, our medical staff because of the way they've handled
4: that whole Trent Williams thing is so crazy is that supposedly it's got something to do with some growth on his head is what I heard and it's like hey guys I think I should be worried about this big grapefruit sized (laughs) thing on my head I can't get my helmet on and they're like oh don't worry about it we'll lance it it will be fine I don't know is that it is bizarre we need to get I want to see more improvements when it comes to the way that we're handling our medical issues and I don't know if that's on a Doctor specifically on a rehab staff or on our players and coaches, Marty Herney. But good point, Cody. All right, next call.
8: C3, what up? Money bags. Uh, What's up? Tony, Money bag, bag losses. It Money bag loss. Cardiff, my brother from another. Can't forget it about up, the 10s coordinator and wide receiver coach. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> uh, I just want to start by saying, man, we need drunk Tony at least once a week. I mean, rational Tonys all right, but I'd rather drink Tony at least once a week. All right. I'll I mean, I've been to y'all for at least the last three years, man. I feel kind of like we family, so I know when y'all, y'all bullshit and y'all full of shit or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Tony, I got to call you out on this, man. I know you want the Panthers to win. So I more tell smoke you want them to power. win in spite of Kyle Allen. You don't really want them to fall out. I mean, I'm on cam back, too, but... I don't want to see him until he's fully healthy, man. Cam, like a brother to me, I'll probably give a man a kidney if he needed one. But, uh, like
13: said, <laughs> give one to Joey. I don't, I don't give give one to Joey.
8: It, man. We got too much talent on this team. And uh, another point I wanted to make, uh, Curtis Samuel, man. Me and, Kurt, me and uh, Cody, we've been on this Curtis Samuel train for a minute.
5: Have, Joe, so Joe. He
8: came such a long way from his rookie year. Uh, I mean, I love DJ too, but I think Curtis a little further along as far as route running and knowing oh, how yeah. to play fast and when to play fast.
2: There's uh, Dante
8: here. Jackson. I feel like he, I feel like he, he might be playing the wrong position, man. He a good corner, but I think he'll be a amazing safety. Uh Moulton, I think there's a little Moulton conspiracy going on, man. I think they don't want to put him at left tackle because they don't want to pay him left tackle money. Oh. oh what else uh oh yeah man we need to get a special guest in here man i got a special request y'all need to get panther nasty back in the building man uh, he true that his, uh, he's been on my players. mind we need him back in the building we need to see what he think now and uh my ice up pick fake panther fans it gotta be y'all man come on now y'all <laughs> can't diss the panther legend camp Newton like that man i mean i understand he ain't playing good right that now he hurt i Allen had one good game but y'all gotta get him man a chance man So, uh, real Panther fans, keep pounding. And fake Panther fans, I think I speak for everybody when I say, eat (laughs) a (laughs) dick.
4: What a great call. (laughs) What a great call. I will forgive you for calling me out. What am I getting called out for? Am I not supportive enough of Kyle Allen? Was I too harsh in that opening statement a couple weeks ago when I said, if we don't have Cam Newton, Kyle Allen's trash. Is that really where I'm getting it?
5: I, I think that's probably where it comes from. But okay. they're just going to do, man. I mean, listen, I, I said the same shit. Uh, I, I said I didn't believe in Kyle Allen either, but apparently everybody wants to go ask the dope for it. I, so. I, I, I've been I, been thinking I, I, about
6: I say I was I was going to say, I did bring up the point, what happened if Kyle Allen does this, and everybody was talking about how he did terrible in the preseason, and I said don't yeah. judge. Quarterback by preseason because if you do, you hate Cam Newton. Don't judge a quarterback.
4: Don't 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 judge a quarterback quarterback by an
6: Arizona performance.
5: Yeah, and listen, I'll say this: Uh, I did say also that if Allen did ball out, we were going to have a quarterback controversy on our hands if we wanted to say that there was one or that there wasn't one. So I would know, man.
4: I think one thing that people should be aware of me when it comes with cam newton and 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 my love for him and this Kyle Allen thing. I have not gone after people who have been pleased with Kyle Allen like some Panther fans have some panther fans like act like if you ain't just saying that the the world has ended because Cam Newton wasn't out there Sunday that you hate on Cam Newton and I don't think that that's fair either to a lot of people I think what we have to just completely say is we're pleased with Kyle Allen's performance against Arizona we will see how he does under stiffer competition but we would really like to see Cam Newton back this season at full health and a full go but I also love Cam enough that I don't want him to put himself in danger if he's not ready.
0: Three. Can we agree? So last year I think we had a lot of conversations about, or at least over the off season, there was a statement that was pretty frequently brought up. A 70% cam is better than 100% backup no matter who it yeah. is. Mm. Um, do you feel that way anymore? Because I don't. No, I,
6: I agree with you. I was going to bring that up earlier, but good point.
4: Yeah, is is that that's the thing, is that the way Cam played, he sure didn't look 70%, did he? No.
6: No, that 70 didn't look better but than th- Kyle Allen's 100.
4: But I think you're right, is yeah. that if it, there's something going on to the point where it was just this, is that Kyle look, is Kyle Allen breathed a little life into that offense? I do think that... I don't I want to see it again and I hope he does it. I think he can do it. But I think here again we gave him some solid protection or some okay protection. You guys pointed it out in the post game show is better than what Cam had in those first 2 weeks. We just don't need Kyle Allen getting injured. Right? And and sure. he, and that and that's something that we have taken for granted so much with Cam is that he just always gets up. But right. we saw last year what happened to quarterbacks when they don't have Cam's and I am. I used the word durability, even though he's been dealing with these injuries. They got we got two quarterbacks killed in two weeks last year. Yeah. So yeah. is that you? I mean, Daryl Williams keeps playing like that. I don't know if it doesn't matter how good Kyle Allen is, he might not be alive much longer.
5: No, and then listen, uh, Bill Greer is the same build, so then you're running yeah. the risk of, 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 of hurting him. Then what you're putting Chris McCaffrey as the. Quarterback, too.
4: Let's go ahead and get I'm him hurt off.
5: Yeah, yeah, we're rushing
4: Cam back. We're rushing Cam back, doing like, get out there with the walking boot, brother. <laughs> Good God. All right, next call. Chef Jeff Hodge here.
5: Chef, well, Jeff,
3: I guess all of our fears are true. Cam Newton seriously injured his foot during the preseason and probably the Tampa Bay game. Uh, Honestly, Ron Rivera and the coaching staff should be charged, criminally charged, with felonious neglect. (laughs) If this were, (laughs) like, a child custody case, they'd be in fucking jail. It's ridiculous. (laughs) You can't tell me that they didn't know, that the medical staff didn't know that he had a Liz Frank injury in the beginning. If that's the case, then we need to fire the whole fucking medical staff, RV included, if that's the case. But I don't believe that's the case. They knew. Now... Did Cam Newton tell them I'm good and I can play? Yeah, probably. I'm probably 100% sure on that. But it's up to the coaching staff to be the mature individuals and tell him, no, Cam, you're going to hurt yourself. To sit down, let us play Kyle Allen, because it's obvious that they had faith in Kyle Allen. Look at what he did against the worst defense. You're telling me that... He couldn't have gone out there and had a couple of throws against uh, St. Louis and won us the game and got us that yard against Tampa Bay and won that game, too? Bullshit. Total negligence by the coaching staff. And I'm going on the hill with uh, Cody and the rest of them. Fire run, Fire Norv. Give Mernie Herney one more year. And uh, hey, let's uh, take the season and get a high draft pick and put a quarterback competition in for next year, Man. the last year of Cam Newton's contract, I will guarantee you if he is 100% healthy and he's able to come back next year 100% healthy, he will show the world what the what Cam Newton
4: is all about. Thanks, guys. Keep counting. I'm eating whatever Jeff,
6: Chef Jeff Hodge is cooking.
4: That's I'm what I'm right
6: Hey, so what he's basically painted us a picture of is you're at the bar with a friend who's too drunk to drive, and you're trying to talk him out of driving that car like Cam Newton playing this game, and you're gonna call him the Uber. So the question is, if we called him that Uber, is he riding all the way home in that Uber, or is he gonna stop somewhere else and find his own way home? And it, like, do you think Cam Newton is the reason why he's in this position because he over put, he pushed himself to the point where he couldn't shouldn't have been doing that?
5: Well, uh, there is some merit to that. I mean, listen, in in the Amazon Prime series, Cam sat there and told us all that he is willing to do more than any other quarterback in the NFL to put his team in in victory formation, you know? And I feel that that mindset of him having to be Superman, having to be everything for this team, has kind of come back to start to bite him now. And and, and now it's his own uh, ego and his own mentality kind of getting in his own way now and i do feel that there is some merit to that and not only does he have to change throwing motion and all these other small issues as it grows older but the mentality has to change also you have to live to fight another day and cam needs to be better at doing that i have
0: one bone to pick out of that you know and that's that that Kyle Allen may have turned the tide. That's an unfair comparison because Kyle Allen had a lot more time to throw the ball than Cam Newton did those first 2 weeks. Agreed. I mean it was it was not a it was not an easy game on either front because our offensive line was,
4: you know, Swiss cheese. Right. I mean, people could just run right through it. I thought uh, they were all I, right against the Rams. <clears throat> I thought they were better than expected against the Rams. It was really that Tampa Bay game and Bay, that yeah. that that Barrett What is his name? Yeah, Barrett. he's lead, He leads the league in sacks right now. That dude's about is like got like nine sacks already, or some crap yeah, like that.
6: Yeah, he, I, it, I think it's a record. Sacks through through three games. Yeah,
4: but can, continue,
6: CK.
0: Well, I mean, I, I just I think it's an unfair uh, point to even even let's just talk about the fact that everybody's blaming Ron for Cam Newton being out now. If he hadn't played in preseason, look, look, everybody's going to point out the fact that he had shoulder surgery right his foot has nothing to do with his daggone shoulder you know so let's not blame him being played in the preseason as the reason why i mean every a lot of players played in the preseason it wasn't his shoulder that got hurt it was his foot on a non-contact injury now if that had happened week one what are you going to do at that point you're going to say why didn't you play
6: him in the preseason yeah, well, that harps right back on the point that I was talking about last week. Is It's, it's kind of a no-win situation, because if you don't play him in the preseason and he gets injured week one, you're going to say, oh, he should have played more preseason. But if he played in the preseason and he gets injured like he did, then you're going to complain they're playing in the preseason when he doesn't need to be. It's, it's a no-win yeah. situation sometimes for Ron, you know?
4: Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, one day we'll find out. We'll find out <laughs> what the real story is when all of these guys are gone. That's what it's going to take, is when Ron is gone and Cam Newton is gone, we will find out really what has happened here behind the scenes, I guess. I don't know what we're going to be able to figure out. But I do know this, is that, uh, look, is I will defend Cam in every situation, but I I do disagree on one thing, is I don't think that, I think that Cam in those first two games was not, uh, for the first time, he wasn't making our team better. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think and and my defense against North Turner in the play calling is got to do with is that you it's very hard to call a game when you can't do basic stuff. And that was the yep. problem in week one. It was a little bit of a problem. It was a giant problem in week two. And you gotta know that either Cam Newton forgot how to play football or he truly was injured. And when you saw Kyle Allen delivering on those, you start to got to do some things that we were limited with. So Cam's got to rest up and get healthy, and we got to keep Kyle Allen clean. The problem is, is our offensive line has not been known to do that. Start Greg Little, put Darrell Williams in jail, free Meek, free our caller. Next call. Hey guys,
13: this is uh, Jed Outjoy. I'm calling in uh that was a great game uh and <laughs> was a little nervous at first especially after the first drive and uh kyle but i was wumbled, i was like oh you man, and <laughs> i was ready for like a rough game from there, and then when we couldn't stop Kyler murray from running i was like oh that's gonna be one of those games where it's real close and we end up losing somehow i was really <laughs> just looking like we're gonna be 0-3 but uh we turned it around and it was great uh Great team, went all together. Defense played well in the second half. Uh, Kyle Allen really uh, stepped up and and was um was really dynamite. Christian McCaffrey did Christian McCaffrey things and uh, the receivers actually really got to shine as, as well as Greg Olson at tight end position. Uh, I guess the one <laughs> downside is Daryl Williams, but I'm sure you guys will talk about that uh Daryl was terrible. But um other than that, everything was great. Um I guess I want to bring up something I don't know if anybody else will bring us up, but um one thing uh I think maybe and this um not to say that Kyle Allen is a better quarterback than Cam. You know, I, I'm I'm one of the best. die hard ride hard for Cam. I've been fighting people in the comments all week who are saying that Cam's never done anything for this franchise. And, uh, it's really <laughs> been a struggle going through this week, uh, with those guys trying to ignore them. But, um, I've been saying Kyle Allen might be better than Cam, but he might be better to fitted for Norv's system of getting the ball off quick to your, um, your playmakers. And, um,. And running the offense that way, um, rather than where Cam was mostly, and with his most success he's had with the play action and um, and play action running the ball or, or throwing it off quick. So um, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about that. I guess I'll hear it when you guys talk tonight. All right, keep hunting. Have
4: Y'all take it. Y'all take Cody. Uh, Cody, what you got for that?
5: I mean, you know, I, uh, one of the uh, we had a female in our chat room last Sunday who brought up that very issue that uh, that it felt as though North Turner or Kyle Allen fit better with it. Here's the point: we don't know. We've never seen a healthy Cam Newton run North Turner's offense, but for a few games last season. And so, he wasn't
4: even fully healthy, it turns out.
5: Nope. Yeah, it was never fully healthy then. So I think that's a bit of an overstatement. Um, I, I do feel that uh, um, Allen is able to competently run the offense that Norah Turner has put in place. So, um, And I feel that's a drop-back quarterback system. That's what him and Cam have been working towards. So it's, you know, a natural fit for Allen to kind of jump on into. And he has the benefit of having a lot of talent around him right now, like a Curtis Samuel, like a DJ Moore, like the ultimate safety net and Greg Olson. So
6: Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah, for sure, for sure. I think Um, it's
4: less about Cam being able to run North's system and more about right now Kyle Allen have the physical tools to – Uh, take advantage of some of the weapons we have right now and that cam couldn't do that at this moment and then you take away cam and you can't run cam he can't throw cam at this point and uh, and then you got these guys that are kind of sitting on the shelf you are trying to then to maybe get these guys to do things like dj uh, dj moore and curtis samuel that maybe aren't best suited to their skill set. So I just think at this point, man, is that we'll see. We want to see. I think that while we were very flattering of the of the um, offense for the Texans, I do think, man, that we have some electric guys at wide receiver. And if we can start hitting them and doing some things and keep Kyle Allen clean and do some play action stuff and go downfield, we can get some big plays, and we just weren't seeing it with Cam. I mean, he was—he's not right, and I'm starting to wonder it's not the foot only. I'm really suspicious
6: about the shoulder still. I mean, uh, it's mine too. I think it's, it's got to be a little bit of mine. Yeah, man. I
4: think it's all three. He's just fatigued. Yeah. He's a uh, frustration. There's a lot of things going on there. Just a couple more calls to go. We still got a lot of show to get yeah, through. podcast, How's it going? This is the world famous G Camarciere, aka
9: 910. Boy, now I want to know Jackson's or nose cap to the day I die. Hey, I want to put something in you guys' mind tonight that, you know, I've been thinking about since the first game. A lot of people haven't really talked about it or thought about it. When is Bruce Irvin going to get on the field?
3: That's I don't
9: I think he know. is. When is he going to get on the field? Bruce Irvin is a hell of a defensive yeah, player. Yeah, a good point. He can play defensive end. He can play outside linebacker. Y'all remember him, you know what I'm saying, in Seattle. You know what I'm saying? He did good. He won the ring. You know, he did good in Oakland. You know what I'm saying? And he did good. I hate to say this. He did good in Atlanta. When is Bruce Irvin going to step on the scene? The reason why I say that is I believe once he steps on the scene, our defense will be even better. That's my opinion. But Bruce Irvin coming from that edge, man, with that speed, and plus he doesn't miss tackles. You know what I'm saying.
4: He might help us in you the know, run I game really a little bit if we can, can get him on the field. Can
9: put us in a top five defense if we're not already. I don't even know because he played good against the Cardinals. I know everybody's saying this is the Cardinals and they was the worst team in the league. And I understand that, but they're still an NFL team. Because if the Patriots would have beat them. Everybody would be like, oh, God, the Patriots, da 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 And y'all know I can't stand a cheating-ass Patriots. I'll say that to the day I die. They cheated us out of the Super Bowl.
4: Man, a lot then, of heavy like, calls to of that. Go.
9: What y'all takes on Bruce Irvin? You know, when he comes back, will he actually help out on defense? Because I, personally, I think he will. And always remember, y'all, always remember, keep pounding.
5: Keep pounding. G with the uh, fire call as always. Um... I, I want to hear a few of you guys go first on uh, on, on on this one because I have a few thoughts about the whole Bruce Irvin thing.
0: What you got, C. K.? Well, I mean i I've been a big fan of the fact that we have him on the team, not only just for his ability, but his veteran leadership. Um, he's been there. He's he he knows how to succeed, and it's just a matter of putting him in the right situation. And I really thought we had him in the right situation. The thing that I you mean know, I'm I'm gonna be a bit uh a bit of a Debbie Downer when it comes to the eight sacks we got last week. A lot of those were coverage sacks. You know, it wasn't that our, our defensive line was getting there, it's that they were getting there before he could get to the line of scrimmage because he was basically getting ready to take off. Um, you know, so there's a lot of different things that I think we look at there, but even with that, we got eight sacks without K1 short and without Bruce Irving on the field. I personally believe they will make us better once they're there. It's just a matter of getting them back to a place where they can be effective again. I can tell you right now, personally, and I think everybody on this panel right now can agree, KK Short is definitely better than Vernon Butler. Right? Yeah. Oh, Dude, Vernon
4: Butler, I was just going to bring him up, is the one of the biggest busts in Panther history when it comes yep. to... He played only 18% of the snaps, I think. Let me see, I got it pulled up here. Uh, Vernon Butler played, yeah, 24. He only played 18 snaps, 24%, and that's without KK in there. A lot of McCoy. Brian Burns played 75% of the defensive snaps. They are all in on Brian Burns. You got to love that. Um, Don Terry Poe uh, is seemingly, I think, playing a lot better in this 3-4 system. You have not been, people have not been crying about Don Terry Poe because he's not supposed to be the sack artist. He's gonna be the guy we need to watch to see how he's doing against the run the question I the think when here. it comes to um, who Bruce Bruce Irvin is that we kind of have a wealth of riches and while we are very critical of of uh, Ron Rivera not going with the young hands in so many instances and knowing when to put in the guys I think this year he has found a way to rotate the young guys in and that has um, it's complicating it in a good way. I mean, Mario Addison is even balling out right now. He was chasing down Kyler Murray, and I've been worried that Mario Addison was about to hit a wall, right? Nah. Is that like about his age and some things? But Christian Miller, those guys, I'm actually very excited that they're playing the youngins as much as they are.
5: Well, and that, that, that brings me to what I was going to say. I have some feelings about it. Every once in a while, we have an injury blessing where an injured player goes down, and Ron Rivera is literally Forced to play the younger guys on the roster, so now we have Marcedes Haynes and Christian Miller, who, by the way, had two sacks against Arizona, coverage or not. That's still two sacks. Now you see these guys starting to build up their play time, and now they're becoming more acclimated to NFL football. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a win-win all around, and you know I, I feel that that's what they were drafted to do to hold down the edge for years to come, and they wanted to have Bruce Irvin on the team to help them um, so that way they didn't have to be that that guy so early on in their career. But now that they're hitting the snaps, they're further along in that development. I mean, we might not even need Bruce Irvin. It might just be another yeah. Um, yeah. You know, a- another good thing. One Christian when Miller...
4: Christian Miller got two sacks on twenty four snaps. He only played twenty four snaps, and he got, he was able to get two sacks. He played more snaps than Vernon Butler and Fa Obada, though. Interesting, yeah. I think. As I
0: still think that if you look at those, I, I think we're not giving enough credit to our secondary. I mean, I, 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 you're, right. I think we, you're right. I think you're right. I can't remember the last time that we've had a secondary that has allowed our defensive line to get there. You know, and actually get the quality uh, amount of sacks that we got. Now, granted, eight those eight sacks, you know, what, five of them occur- occurred between two drives? So, I mean, it's not like it was a wealth of which- riches throughout the entire game. It was specific scenarios that we were able to accomplish that. But, um, you know, I, I don't want to take anything away that's eight sacks. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for that stat line, stat line any day of the week. But I, I think we need to really seriously look in- at the fact that last year, it was our secondary we were most worried about, and this year it's, I, I feel like aside from our nickel corner, I feel like we have no weaknesses on our secondary.
6: Uh, I, and you, I, I might not even have
4: it there. Cockrell was really good, guys.
6: Yeah. Uh, well, the thing, my my thing is, I'm not. I'm be honest, I don't know a lot about Bruce Irving, and we have a lot of really great defensive linemen. Uh, the way I kind of look at it is, if you have defensive line talent, if some is good, more is better. Bring Bruce Irving on. Let let let's let's just keep pounding with this great front seven and now that now not only the front seven everybody else is doing really well as well uh also so it, it's kind of they all play into each other uh you know the, the the secondary helps the defensive line out and when the defensive line's not playing well that you know or team is are playing well the defensive line helps them out it, it's 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 a good back and forth it's i'm, I'm happy with the defense how and i'll say one last on point
4: vernon butler so bad
0: and I, I'll, I'll say one last point to that like you know with the post game we were talking about how we don't feel like you know Luke looks like Luke. Well, guess what? Luke Luke doesn't need to look like Luke. Thank everybody. And the and the defense is doing their jobs, you know? So, so we don't really need to focus so much on him. He doesn't have to sit there and be a superstar. Yes. He, he missed a couple of interceptions that he could have easily picked. And then that changed the entire, you know, flow of the game. But when you have a, a cohesive unit, you don't need every person or you don't need your superstars to be superstars anymore. Yeah.
6: He's still think, leading the league in tackles, though.
4: Yeah, and I think Shaq's been playing well. And to compliments, hats off to Cody for all the things he said about Brian Burns. You know, Brian Burns has looked as fast as Luke Keekley And what I mean by oh, that is, God. you know how you've seen Luke Keekley just play fast for so long? Yeah. Brian Burt's playing fast. His mind is playing as fast as his body, and that's what you don't usually see a lot with young defensive ends. Uh, I've been very oh, yeah. impressed by how good he's going to be. The question is, can can he develop into a better run stopper? We have not been great against the run, just uh, and part of it is because we got those guys that get muscled off the blocks a little bit or can get hung up.
5: I, I don't feel that he's been necessarily bad there. Right. I mean, right. Obviously, yeah, everyone has to get better at things but you know yeah. i don't feel that he's been um he's a been sensational ability.
4: he's been sensational yeah. let's just yeah, say he's been
5: awesome man he's been absolutely incredible um i compared him to demarcus lawrence for the cowboys coming out in the draft and he has every bit if not more upside than than lawrence does and and i mean he is an incredible edge rusher that's going to be doing a lot for us for a long time well, right. Even
0: with an edge okay. rusher, you see what happens is they get into the backfield and then they all of a sudden they'll just stop on the play if the ball goes beyond the line of scrimmage. I can't tell you how many times the pass play went beyond him and he still ended up there making at least half of a tackle.
4: They you know? They have Ooh. comeback speed. They have comeback yeah. speed where some of the big, heavy-handed guys that we've had in the past, if they get pushed past the quarterback, they can't get their big bodies to turn around. But oh, yeah. the play is not over for these guys. And that's what's fun about this youth is in that speed is that even when they don't make the best play or make the play that is the the ender of it, right, they're still trying to fight after the ball. The motor on that kid is amazing. Next call. Yep. What up, C3? Josh from Mass. And uh,
12: lo and behold, after that game, we start getting – quick answers and quick information coming out of the organization. Oh, no, we're not starting Cam next week. And then uh, early today or late yesterday, we get information about what exactly is going on with his foot. Well, isn't that strange? Almost as if somebody higher up said to Ron and the media group and everybody, hey, enough of your screwing around. Enough of the pretending you don't know what's going on this is our franchise quarterback. This is the man who's been the face of this team for going on, you know, we're going on nine years now. And while I'm sure he's less than pleased with what Cam has produced in his time, uh, the last last season and so far this season, Tepper's a numbers guy. Flat out. And... He, that tells me he's a guy who wants the facts and the data. And I believe after the week one and week two bungling and mishandling of Cam's situation, Tepper's looking at all this, going, "All right, this says a lot about what's going on here." Because I I don't believe for a minute that you know Cam forced them to play him. He, he can't. He absolutely can't. Ron's the coach, Uh, the athletic staff is, you know, these are the guys who make the decision, not players. So to think that, you know, this wasn't Ron and company trying to push him back before he was 100% off of the foot injury, uh, you know. Whether they knew the extent of it, whether the whole team knew the extent, or whether they, you know, they sent him in for an x-ray and said, well, nothing's broken. But lo and behold, you look at that part of the foot uh, that this injury afflicts, and there's multiple bones connected by lots of small ligaments. Uh, so really, even just a minor inflammation of any one of those ligaments is going to possibly cause extreme pain. I mean, it's the part of your foot that bends. Um, I mean, I haven't broken anything there, but I've... Oh, hold on. Hold the phone. Five, four, I got three, you. three, I'll call you back.
4: <laughs> I hey, got Justin you. <laughs> again.
12: Uh, try to keep this to two calls only here. But anyway, so it's a very sensitive to damage section of your foot. Um you know, it's not something that's going to heal from you pushing off of it, running, etc. It's just gonna get aggravated again and swell up. Um so I really do think the best solution is to sit Cam probably right right to the bye week, give him as much time as, he, as we can, <sighs> see what kind of uh, performance Allen can uh, put in. I mean, you know, my mind, the ver- you know jury's still out on him, and it has to be. Realistically, it has to be just still out on him. It just has to be. Um, you know hopefully he can perform hopefully he can hang in there and and you know i'm thinking maybe we only fall one more game and then you know we can we can pull out the other three or the other two i forget how many do we have yeah you know but hopefully we can only lose you know one more game while he's while he's still there which i think is a realistic hope and expectation um and again to me it just smells like coaching staff knows they're on the hot seat and for a long time um an injured Cam was better than 100% backup and now it's not been mismanaged so much for this point that it's not the case anymore so I think I think the organization as a whole even though um, there's a new captain at the helm, if you will. I think they own the chance. They own the opportunity. If, if for nothing else, for not giving the man a goddamn O line, not giving him protection and just drafting him and going, well, we got a mobile quarterback. We don't need to worry about the O line. So, uh, I, I think this is on staff and, uh, you know. They're gonna to have to try to rescue the season from potential shambles and not having him there.
5: Keep pounding, fellas. Keep pounding. Well, listen, J Dub knows that him and I are on the same page uh, <laughs> about a lot of this, man. Uh, and everybody knows the hill that I'm that I'm dying on. And like I said, I I hope I'm wrong. And I, I. I I was gonna say something, but I have to dip out a little bit earlier tonight, and I don't want to lose. What spending oh,
4: for two and a half hours. hours with us? God, what? What a well, wussy! Yeah. going to leave after two and a half yeah. hours.
5: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a. I guess I'm a casual fan. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, uh, but I do have to go. So, uh, real quick, I know uh, Legacy um, mentioned this in the in the chat room earlier. So I'm doing this. Uh, For her honor, I'm gonna do a real quick ice up pick. I'm gonna ice up Morgan Fogarty, who put on Twitter, uh, so that someone found Cam Newton driving on his moped uh, again on on the twenty third, riding around uh, uptown, and she put on her Twitter, too hurt to play, but able to ride his motorbike. Some optics say, or some might say, the optics aren't ideal. Well, Morgan, what do the optics say in your opinion? Is the man not allowed to drive around the city that he lives in? It's just another example of an uppity media person judging Cam Newton on dumb shit that has nothing to do with football, has nothing to do with character, and is, frankly, pretty damn dumb. So to Morgan Fogarty, who is now blocking Panthers uh, Twitter people, I sup, son. Or daughter whatever.
4: (laughs) Can I bring up <laughs> one point about that? Is how yeah. about the optics on this? Is is this his right foot or his left foot? His right, uh, right
5: foot. So that's your load foot.
4: His yep. right foot. Well, then, yep. wouldn't driving with your right foot be problematic? While you can accelerate on a scooter with your Ooh, hands.
6: Touche. Ooh.
4: Touche. Ooh. Casual point. fan. Oh, that. Good point. All right. Boom. Boom. All right, Cody, we will catch you. I know you got to run. Uh, you have a casual fan. Get your casual ass out of here and we'll catch up with you <laughs> casually in a five hour show after the game.
5: Pray for me, y'all. Pray for uh, me. That's, hey, will,
4: we will re baptize <laughs> him when he comes back. Thank you. Thank
5: you for all you do. All right, uh,
4: Greg. Uh, Greg, uh, Greg, I know you want to take on that call from John's for Mass.
6: Yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk about it. Uh, first of all, I want to say that Massachusetts is uh, roughly five times, or excuse me, North Carolina is five, roughly five times the size of Massachusetts. Ooh. Up there. talking about it. You uh, casual uh, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that goes back to a question we had earlier, a call we had earlier. But um, uh, I I feel like his whole premise of his his call is based on Cam Newton not having surgery. Uh, you Ooh. know, with with the whole coming back after bye week. We, we don't know if they're going to do surgery or rehab yet. So while what, well, what he says makes a lot of sense, if Cam Newton is only going to go through rehab and feels better in a few weeks, if he has surgery, he needs to be out the whole year. I want him to have the the rest of the year and then off season next year to recover. That way, when he comes back, he has no excuse about being injured for any reason, football-related, and he should be 100%. The other point I want to talk about... Oh, Good.
4: When's oh, the deadline on. for that? When's the deadline to know? Because I feel like I have, it I'm is. 20. It's right around the bye week. It yeah, feels like this is that if if Cam ain't right. Well, I mean, if you if he's not really showing signs of getting a lot better after six weeks, I don't know if it will be a full six weeks. It's a four to eight week period if you heal on your own. There's got to be a point where we say, you know what? Is that if he isn't bet, right one hundred percent by this point. We're shutting it down. Surgery is the option. There we're going, and oh, it directed. needs to be. Yeah. It needs to be quicker than it does too late. Yeah, I agree. But I don't know. It's, well, I think we're going to find out. I think by the end of the bye week, we're going to get a sense if that's where they're going.
6: Okay. Well, the other part I had to say about that was he's talking about Allen. He's still the jury's still out on Allen. I, I commented on earlier. I don't take a lot in the preseason. Because in preseason, it doesn't matter if it's a third game, whatever game it is, everybody's vanilla. Nobody plays the same way in preseason they do in a regular game. Go back to Cam Newton's first preseason, and you will not believe he was going to be the quarterback he was just by watching his first preseason. Okay? Uh, I think, personally, I need one more game from Allen of par quarterback play. Not, not, not phenomenal, not not you know fantastic. Par quarterback play to win the game... And I can run with him the rest of the season if need be, because he has the the pedigree to be in the position he's in. He has the record so far, starting quarterback in the NFL, to be in the and position. And familiarity position. with the system too. He's been exactly. with the organization yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, exactly. It, it all fits well for me. I just would love to see one more game before I give him that blessing. So, so, so now is that one more in addition to the New Orleans game last year? Yes. All right. Yeah, because I know the New Orleans game. I'm sorry, they they, okay, he played well, but I feel like they let us win that game because if we lose that game, we're like the number seven pick. If we win mm-hmm. that game, we're like sixteen. Where are they at. sitting, people? And, by and that, they're, point? they're division rivals, so no, they're going to they, play. That they, game. Had their, they had their they had their starters out the first half, did. and that's exactly. when Kyle Allen did his.
0: Uh, they the Kyle Allen did his work on their starters.
6: Yeah. Okay.
0: All right.
4: Uh, two more calls, real quick.
10: Jags game. I was wearing for that. I gonna drive eight hours all the way from Athens, Alabama, to see fucking Kyle and start. Like what?
4: Must be one though. He's upset that he drove from Alabama. Here, I think he's coming back. Chef Jeff Hodge
3: here. Uh, welcome well, back, Jeff. I guess all of our fears are true. Cam Newton this call. injured. We've heard this call. All right, good. All right, we're done the, the calls.
4: All right, we're done with the calls, guys. Yes. Ready to go. <laughs> Cat calls have been amazing. Don't stop calling. I want to be like oh. this every week where we have so much to say and cover and continue to go this because this is your show, Drive the drive the Car. All right, last segment of the show, guys. We're going to get in our picks. But before we do that, if anybody needs to go, this is your time to dip out because I'm about to play a short interview with a, the head odds maker from my bookie. So are you guys in or out? I'm in. I'm in. The All right, here we go. (laughs) I'd like to welcome Rafael Esparza, head odds maker for MyBookie.ag, America's most trusted sports book. Thank you, Rafael, for joining the podcast today.
1: Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's fun times, uh, and I can't believe NFL Week Four is here.
4: Yeah, we, you know, me and my friends always joke that you know you wait all year long for football season, and then when it gets here, you just count the days until it's gone. It's like a vacation. As soon as you finish your first day, it's all about how many days left before you go back to work. We're in week four, and uh, boy, there's a lot of news going around. But hey, the Panthers got a W, and uh, how did they look against the spread this past week?
1: It was a good. It was a good outcome for us because uh, the betting public and the media liked Arizona. They all thought Arizona was going to get that first W since you were playing with a Cam Newton list. Uh, Carolina Panthers, but uh, really impressed on Cal Island, how we played the game. Didn't make any mistakes, four TDs, zero INTs. Uh, that's that probably big. And I was, and they were able to establish the run. Anytime you can establish a run game with a quarterback, rookie quarterback, or, a quarter, or your quarterback that's not a starter, I think it's huge, huge pressure. And that's what the Panthers were able to do on the road. And let's just face it, Carolina in the second half, uh, I was a totally different team than what we saw in the first half, and I think that's the reason why they got that big W on the road. Was the line six last week? Somewhere around that? It was around. It, it opened up around it, when Cam went bye bye, wasn't playing. Uh, it actually was anywhere between one, one and a half, pending oh, wow. on uh, what time you what time you were looking at it. The, the betting money was pretty much all over the place because of that game, because of the status. I mean, because uh, Carolina kind of made it close, saying that okay, we don't know if Cam's going to play or not. He isn't going to play tonight. So it opened up around there. it closed. I think it, I think it closed Arizona uh, minus a two point favorite.
4: So, and speaking of Cam and the injury, you know, is that news has broken with the athletic over the last day that the injury could be more than, or seems to be more than just the minor midfoot sprain. But instead, they've used the dreaded word, Liz Frank. Now, the Panthers are going on the road against uh, Houston. And I looked at the line just before our call, and I think it was like four and a half, I believe, for Houston. No, the Texans by four favored by four does the has the cam newton news move the numbers at all
1: no because we uh, we kind of figured he probably wasn't going to play at least two games two weeks uh weeks three and weeks four so we planned that number out we planned it was going to be houston minus four and then once Allen got the w and all that you figured okay we don't need to stress on cam coming back we're playing on a pretty much a free dime if you want to call it going to houston uh, now you can rest, Cam Newton, another week. Uh, I've I've been telling people all the last couple of days, what if Carolina and what if the Saints go uh, keep on winning games where their star quarterbacks uh, are are on the mend? What's going to happen if the Saints go perfect, No, are they going to pull Teddy if the Panthers win four or five in a row? Are they going to pull Allen? It's going to be very very interesting in this division with uh, with quarterbacks. You know that's got a
4: you know kind of make people nervous on the betting side is when there's so much uncertainty with a quarterback and for me Kyle Allen while he checked off some boxes against Arizona we have to remember it's one of the worst defenses if not the worst defense in the league after last week and now they're going to be playing a premier Texans team do you think – I think this line is favorable for the Texans. I think that's a kind of sexy, just four points and in Houston. And I hate to say that. I never pick against the Panthers.
1: I agree, and I like you, and I like this show, so I don't want to be too negative because I want to come back. But, yeah, you're right. Houston's a very, very soft four. Because let's face it, the, the Texans' defense is not even close to what Carolina's going to – what they saw – in Arizona. What Houston did last week in L.A., I mean, everyone thought the Chargers could have been maybe a playoff contender, two-ball contender. What they did in the second half to only give up Chargers, a field goal in the fourth, That's just a, a small field goal. I mean, that was very impressive, Houston. Let's face it, they should have beat the Saints in week one, uh, a favorable four. I do believe this one. I would not be, the betting public will move this off for it. Would not be shocked if Texans are close to a five, maybe even a six-point favorite by kickoff.
4: You know, some uh, some broad spectrum of lines when it comes to the South, the NFC South. You go from 10-point favorite from the Rams to probably the game of the week with the Cowboys, Dallas favored 2.5, and, and I believe that's on the road there. What are your thoughts on this kind of NFC South, uh, just as have you've have you seen the first four weeks unfold, or three weeks? I mean,
1: I think you can probably probably well agree that a couple years ago, maybe, maybe even last year, NFC South, best division in football, this year maybe could have said the same thing maybe the best division in football is the Saints. atlanta were coming in healthy carolina with cam newton maybe is he healthy maybe he can have a full season now you can almost check that off as maybe one of the worst divisions in football because everyone's banged up the falcons are banged up carolina the Saints. i mean the saints only minus 175 to win a division and they're playing with no drew brees so yeah it's a wide open division it's gonna be very interesting but dallas does in in new orleans with a late game on sunday the points for only two and a half but with the with the dallas being maybe the front runners of the nfc can teddy bridgewater in that defense uh, stop Dak in that running game
4: did uh did everybody go uh get on the bucks bandwagon versus the giants at home last week is that where the money was at
1: uh, at first it was and then we got to some great two-way action uh uh, on late Saturday and Sunday, so I was afraid that everyone was going to jump on the bus, but uh, we, we said uh, okay on that game, but hats off to New York. I ripped them off uh, with Jacobs and all them, so it was a really good game, a game that I thought maybe had no TV appeal, had probably one of the best TV appeals. I mean, granted, you had to see Barkley go off, but really like the way the Giants flowed the game.
4: Well, they're giving up uh, ten points. The Rams are giving up ten points to the Bucks, and I wouldn't be surprised. I picked uh, the Giants to win last week, just on this radio show that we go on on Fridays, and and I just thought, man, this is a game the Bucks always blow at home against the team they should beat. Strangely, I think the ten points is a lot uh, for you know a, a team that you know showed some offensive life that could hang with the rams in that case but it all comes down to that rams defense do you think uh do you think there's anything to that or do you stay away from this one
1: uh, i would say just because the rams are at home i mean they took care of the saints even though they were playing the whole second half with no drew breeze I, I love their i love the rams defense we saw it late sunday night when they played cleveland uh, I think we might see the same thing Aaron Donald when it, he, him and Mac for the Chicago Bears are just so fun to watch on defense there's not too many people that I can call and say I'm going to watch this game because I want to see the defense on the field uh, I think defense is going to be too much now laying at 10 points I would probably lay back but would not be shocked if there's one big blowout this week it could be this game right here Rams. Yeah,
4: definitely alright so and then I think the Falcons are hosting Tennessee nobody ever knows what to do with either of these teams
1: yeah, I mean, Atlanta's all banged up on both sides of the ball. I mean, they play much better at home. They won that late Sunday night game against the Eagles. But, boy, the Eagles look really bad. So how 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 big is that win, beating the Eagles, who just lost last week? So, yeah, this is a big game for the Falcons. I thought Tennessee, after winning week one, I'm like, wow, they destroyed Cleveland. Maybe this team is going to be what we all thought they were. But, boy, they played some stinkers. I, I, I lean towards the Falcons on this one. I think they get a big, big win. They need a win right now because they they do not want to fall too far behind with the Saints, knowing that Drew Brees is probably still going to be out for another four weeks.
4: All right. Well, do uh, you think that when it comes to – let's just circle back the wagons one last time to the Panthers-Texans, the number over under 46-and-a-half. Um, you know, the Panthers, I th- I think that everybody's expecting some points to be put up on this, uh, do you expect the, the Panthers' offense with Christian McCaffrey at the helm to be able to to at least uh, keep up with the Texans?
1: If they can't run the ball against Houston, like I said, what we saw Houston in the second half against the Chargers, then I think this thing goes under the total forty six and a half. It all depends on what you think. If you like Houston, I think you're going to probably look at the under because I think their defense is going to win most of this game. But if you think Carolina can hang around and keep it interesting and maybe steal this game at Houston, Then you got to go with the over. You think uh, they're going to establish the run? Allen's going to have another a decent game, maybe throw three touchdown passes or whatever. Then you have to look at the over. It all depends on what you think is the outcome in this game. I myself, I think Houston's uh, at home. Their defense is playing tough. It could be uh, a very long uh, day for Carolina and that offense. So we're not be shocked if the under hits.
4: How do you guys do it, man? That's my question. Everybody has to ask you guys. (laughs) How do you nail the numbers? to the dang decimal point it feels like almost every week When and especially when you put the money on it I feel like if you don't put any money on it you are a betting savant then you put a dollar on it and boy Vegas and you you odds makers get it
1: how do you get it so right It's hard to get a crystal ball on eBay. I mean, it's really, really hard to get a good one. It's just, just, I mean, for me, I've been doing this for over 20 years, doing it in Vegas, now do it over here for my bookie. It's just, like I said, it's almost human nature. Like people think we have computers and algorithms and robots helping us. And like I said, I do my numbers. Uh, every week and it's pretty much the same as what we put out so it's just knowing knowing the teams knowing what the betting public is going to do that's probably biggest key we could care less at the end of the day we could care less who wins as long as we get two-way action we could care less who's the outcome so it's knowing your customer and knowing where the money is going to come in that's when you get the that's when you hit that big number and 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 the public's like how do they do it again
4: yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're huge fans of my bookie, uh, Raphael. Tell them where to go. America's most trusted sports book and the easiest one that I've seen to navigate.
1: Yeah, mybookie.ag. One hundred percent sign up bonus still on the board. That means if you open up an account today and put in two hundred dollars, we're gonna throw in an additional two hundred dollars. Some great games. The first week of bye week still so have some great matchups. So Don't forget to jump over to mybookie.ag, get that Thursday game, get all those Sunday games, and finally we might have a, another scoring Monday night game. Wow, wow, maybe we'll see more than 40 points scored on a Monday night game.
4: Don't forget to use the co- the promo code OVERTIME when you go to mybookie.ag. And, Rafael, hopefully we can get you back on the podcast and uh, keep doing this in the future.
1: Not no problem. You guys have a great rest of the weekend, and enjoy the games on Sunday.
4: All right, guys. That's uh, that's the little betting segment we got in here, and I just wanted to go. I felt like that would be a good segue to jump into our picks for the week. Let's start with the Panthers at Texans. Texans are favored by four. The four. The over under is forty six and a half. Um. I, Greg. I got. I got to take Cody off the list. We should. I'll get his picks via text. Greg, who wins this
6: game? And uh, are there? Are you interested in any of the line? Uh no, I don't care about the line. I I try not to look at the line uh whenever I'm doing any of my kind of betting because I usually don't bet, uh just straight up with games. But uh I'm gonna just be a homer and I'm gonna take Carolina. I all think right. that we are going to pull this out. I think our defensive line is going to really show up. And I think we pull this one out twenty eight, twenty four Carolina. Gosh, all right. Right on uh, CK, I'm gonna let I'm
4: gonna let you go next and give myself a breather. I don't know what to do. I want to pick the Panthers. The CK there? Did we lose him?
0: Uh, he's, Sorry, he's I had jumped. you. Oh, okay. You um, so last week, or a couple weeks ago, I picked the Bucks, and I said we were going to destroy them. It wasn't even just a matter of winning. It was going to be a blowout. That didn't happen, so I'm piss- picking the uh, Texans to, to today. It's going to be a close game, but I think the Texans, unfortunately, they have too many weapons uh, and you know a, a quarterback that's you know uh, striking iron right now so okay
4: all right i'm going to go panthers and this is why i'm going panthers our, our defense our defense gets after this offensive line that's fire. what i need that's to see fire. the defense wins this game for us i'm going to take the under i think surprisingly this is going to be a low score a lower scoring game i'm saying this the panthers find a way to win this 17-14 Ooh. Mm. How about that? Maybe. Or 2017. Let's go 2017 a little bit. All right. Uh next is Bucks at Rams. Are, are we Rams straight down the board?
6: Uh, no. I think we probably are.
4: All right. Speak now or forever hold your buccaneer. Um Ram. Alright, so and that's a 10 point line. You know what is I think he convinced me. I was trying to think like, oh, this is going to be a game. Because the Bucks, man, that offense, though. Man, uh, um, what's his name? He, uh, who's the wide receiver for them? Evans. Oh gosh, he was a monster in that game. Um, so interesting, but I, I, I think I mean clearly is that the Rams' defensive line is going to have a field day. Hardest game for me to pick so far right now is Tennessee at Atlanta. Falcons favored by 4. I feel like every every week I pick Tennessee, they lo- they they lose and every week I pick their opponent, they win. Who do you guys got in this? Go ahead, Greg.
6: Uh I got Atlanta. Uh they they're just too powerful an offense and Tennessee, I'm the same way with you. When I think they can win, they 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 they, they really disappoint me. They are the Titans. I got that from the Around the NFL mm-hmm. podcast. Yes. They are the Titans and it's, it, the truth. it's just I don't believe in Mariotta's
4: that. Mariota's terrible. Mariota's terrible. Hundred yeah. percent. I'm with Atlanta, CK. Uh,
0: it's got. I can't. I can't see a situation where the the Falcons don't win this. Just to
4: be honest, I tell you, if they don't win this and they lose because of their defense, that that is the writing is on the wall for Dan Quinn. Their yeah. defense has to get better under a defensive <laughs> coach. And Matt, they they they're gonna be they're just so erratic of a team because Matt Ryan can be sensational or he can throw the dumbest picks in the world. He's kind of like I think he's even better than Philip Rivers because he's less picky than him at times. But uh, I don't know what to think about the Titans now. The game of the week, I think it's the game of the week or one of the games of the week. Cowboys at Saints. The Cowboys on the road, favored two and a half. 47 over, under, and I'm going first here, guys. I'm picking the Cowboys to knock off the Saints. I have never been a Cowboy believer, but really their team is looking pretty darn complete at this point, and they're pushing the ball oh. down the fields. They're, right now, I think maybe the top, I mean, they are arguably the top team in the NFC.
6: When when you play the worst three teams in the NFC to start your season, it's very easy to be 3-0. That's Ooh. all I got to say. Yeah, no, who, who have they got? They've had Miami. They've had they Miami, who's the worst team in the NFL. They played the Giants, who were a no. terrible ja- team. Oh, the yep. and they played uh, the, um, the, Redskins. the the Redskins, Redskins, who You're were right. a terrible team. Oh yeah. man, oh, so they no. haven't played a good team man, don't, now. Don't talk me out of that this. With all that being said, I feel like if they were playing the Saints, full scale Saints, they would win this game, hands down. But. Because you picked the Cowboys, I'm going to go with the Saints because the Saints impressed me with the Seahawks this weekend. And I don't think that the Cowboys are all they built up to be. They are not a 3 0 team unless they play those three games. So I'm going to go Saints.
4: Who you got, CK? I,
0: I'm going Cowboys, man. I, I think that that defense just overwhelms Bridgewater. Um, you know, and, and he just starts to put himself in a position where he's making poor decisions. I, I, I don't think that the offense of the Cowboys is going to be doing much against that defense of the Saints but I think the defense of the Cowboys just just dominates the game.
4: Okay. I, yeah, I think I think they're going to win this handedly. I feel like the Cowboys are going to prove I think they've got some salty feelings towards the Saints. Didn't they lose I want didn't they have a great game against the Saints was it last they, year or the year before yeah, they and that. Oh, they did beat him. Was it in Dallas, though? They
6: they held like, eight points or something like that.
4: This is where, actually, I'm interested in the under on this. If I was going... I'm not a real better though. I'm not going to lie. I don't really... So don't take any of this as betting advice, folks, because I'm not... I hate to lose money. If you know me, it took me five years to buy this fucking microphone. Right? (laughs) I hate to lose money. Right? So, uh, but... Uh, interesting. I always feel like, strangely, sometimes games you expe- expect to be explosive. There is one on the docket each week where it's a snoozer, yeah,
2: And yeah, the defense
4: wins, and I could see this being one of those. I, um, all right, so look, this we are at the end of the show. You, we've gone, we've done so much. We've had two guests tonight. We've had betting and picks. We've had Cam. I, I, you know what? Cam Newton will be the story of this podcast until he isn't. You know, I mean, as he the until he podcast, right? Right? what's that? He's what started this podcast, basically, right? <sighs> yeah, I mean, pr- pretty close to it. I mean, starting in 20, we started in 2013 because we just thought we were doing so good, we were going to wait another year. And we said, We got to go, we got to start in the middle of the season. We're, we're the eight games or some crap like that. So, but yeah, Cam Newton has brought life to the franchise. A- in Cam Newton, we trust, in Cam Newton's foot must heal, and shoulder we will. Uh, come back, Cam. Yeah, guys, yeah. you got any ice up? Let's uh, let's do some ice and fools up real quick. Is uh, do you guys? Ooh, that's a terrible camera look. So we'll go back to
6: that. What do you guys? Uh, what do you got for me, Greg? Okay. Uh, I am going to. Well, I got. I'm going to preface this real quick with. I am a true believer that the NFL and football games are a television show, and because of that, they are driven by ratings and I feel like that sometimes because television shows are driven by ratings, the outcome of the game or the show is driven by what the NFL wants the ratings to be. So I'm not saying that there is a complete throw for a team or refs to give teams the game, but I do feel like sometimes refs make calls based on what the best ratings are going to be. So I want to go back to the uh, Kansas City-Baltimore game last week where I'm watching the game And I watch Patrick Mahomes get tackled and go to the ground. And then the camera zooms in on the referee and Patrick Mahomes talking. And the referee shakes his head no to Patrick Mahomes. Then Patrick Mahomes throws his arms up in the air while he's sitting on his ass. Throws his arms up in the air. And the referee kind of shakes his head yes and throws the flag. So without any kind of review, it was a horse-collar tackle, okay? And I'll I'll give it to him. It was a horse-collar tackle. But the referee didn't even look at at, at the review. Didn't even look at the replay. He just totally went off Mahomes' word of what happened and changed the call right then. So I am icing up NFL referees. Stop calling the game based on what the ratings are going to be and the teams you want to win. Call the game the way it's supposed to be called. He missed that call. It should have never been reviewed or, or flag thrown on it he believed Mahomes the whole way. And I can't stand seeing that in the NFL ice up referees, in the NFL, because you were doing a terrible job this year. So, too young to get that call too young to get that call. CK ice up CK,
4: what you got for us, man. I, uh, I've been
0: kind of debating on what I wanted to put here. And, um, uh, you know, the thing I have to go with is something that's a duplicate. Somebody else brought this up. Um, Mike Vick talking about why Cam Newton should stop being Cam Newton, Did like you with see the Darren G
4: tweet, yeah, okay. okay. keep going. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I'm just I, I can't even begin to fathom what goes through your mind to be able to be Michael Vick and criticize Cam Newton for being somebody who's who's just himself. You know what? Cam Newton is the most. A uh, genuine, generous person that I think anybody, nobody in this world can debate that. I, I, there's there's plenty of evidence to prove that he is right. And you're gonna sit there as Michael Vick come at Cam Newton and tell him that he can't dress the way he wants to dress. Are you freaking kidding? Yeah, I mean, yeah. There are some things that as Panthers fans, yeah, we wish he probably wouldn't wear a, uh, that nightgown that you know Grandma Cece wore 20 years ago. Uh, sure. But at the same time, it's it's not it's not a place, especially if Michael Vick, to be able to tell Cam Newton, you knew you would stop focusing on that and focus on football. That is the most just demeaning thing that he could say, uh, especially after he's gone through what he's gone through and yeah. to be able to be that judgmental. I mean, are you kidding me, bro? Ice
4: up, son. Good ice up pick. And I think uh, that we should get, uh, this is a tip of the cap and hats off to Steve Smith. For how he has been as an analyst and given football insight. I feel like he's been honest and true to his positions. And I think that this is another example. And someone brought up um, uh, Reggie uh, Reggie Bush in the chat. And that is that these guys who may only have, look, they have a limited ability to be commentators. Right, is that we don't know they're good enough to, to be on TV, but they're not good enough to be great commentators. And I think that they feel baited. I think they get baited and pressured into making hot takes on these shows. And and this is a guy that's forgotten in, in many ways, he might just need the paycheck. Who knows? Uh, who knows at this point. said my ISAP pick this week goes to Ron Rivera for putting Darrell Williams back in the game. And I'm, so, I'm sorry, is that, look, I'm not going to blame Daryl Williams anymore. God bless the dude getting out there and trying. Oh, my goodness. But it is a, <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I feel like, boy, how can we never get the left tackle anywhere close to being right? Nah. It has been so atrocious. How and, and Ken D is in the chat room. How is it things gotten worse than, since Byron Bell was our left tackle? They have progressively gotten worse. We had a momentary brief lapse of okayness with Michael Orr. But then, between Matt Khalil and Daryl Williams, our left tackle, you might as well not even play him out there. You might as well just put a tight end on the other side all the time, get Greg Little in there, and until then, ice up to everybody that's involved with Daryl Williams being the left tackle. Put him at guard. Put him at guard. It's just that simple. Right? You guys are not fair to him. So ice up. All right. You guys are listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. It rolls on and on and on and on because you guys, you guys love it, obviously, because you keep calling, you keep listening, you keep chatting, and we love you, right? So we are currently at midnight. Yeah. I mean, look at I'm the, the, the viewers. The, the viewers still uh, where we started, where we started is or where we end with great fans and great listeners calling into the Cat Calls line. The number's 252-228-5098. Subscribe, like, rate, review, help us get found. We are currently the number one, if you go into iTunes, I have anytime I run into anybody with an iPhone, I say, hey, look up my podcast on iTunes because I don't know how the rankings look and I secretly think that your computer is following your, I don't secretly think. They're looking at your ISP. So I wonder if the rankings they give me are the real rankings that other people get? And C three right. Panthers podcast is number one in iTunes, right? Number one. Take that. Go write some reviews. Thank you uh, for your support, Greg. Tell them how they can get after you and the podcast. Which I was on this past week. Go
6: ninja. Go ninja. Go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, we well, can find me at the Bad Fifty Two directly on Twitter. I also run the podcast. It's a Super Civil Servants podcast. We talk about comics and just. Movies and TV shows and all kinds of stuff. Anything fun you like to listen to? Uh, I heard somebody in the chat earlier. I think they're not chat, but the cat calls. Their name was Jedi something. Hit me up at SCS Podcast One. We're doing a Star Cat uh, Star Wars uh, review all the way to episode nine. Either way, Tony, you were on my show uh, last week. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it was Secret of the Ooze. Amazing show, fun to listen to. Y'all check us out. Uh, gave you the information and uh, hit me up. All right, CK,
4: man, it's a blast hanging out with you, brother. And, uh, dude, I'm excited to go to these games with you. I know, dude, super stoked, super stoked. Uh, and I'm glad that,
0: to, to some degree, I'm glad that it's happening uh, with us, you know, having some hope, right? You know, going to Jacksonville, I mean, going down there for the Jacksonville game. There's, there's hope and there's some excitement for actually being there. What I'm not excited about is I'm looking at the forecast, and it does not look like Charlotte's getting any colder in the next two weeks. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, Uh,
4: yeah, that it is hot as hell at Hades in that stadium at times, and that's when you're like, "Give us a new stadium, and if we can't get a new stadium, just put one of those real stretchable tarps over the top for us." There you go, like a pool. CK, Uh you're at Codizzle Allen, correct? You got it. All right, yeah, and you're right. We all did have a momentary. I, I'm not gonna lie. I had a momentary sense of panic when I heard the stuff about Cam Newton, and then I was thinking, "I'm going to five games still." Or four or five <laughs> when I, I've got, and i was like and it's not i don't mind going to losing and i'm going to be with this team ride or die but it is financially stressful to drive four hours you know what i'm saying it's a lot of time yeah, yeah, and energy yeah, and money uh, and then you gotta go muscle it out but we committed We committed to be on this show we'll be here after the game for the post game and I'm gonna try sure. to get my goal is to try to get an independent interview with Joe Person this week to find out more about this Liz Frank so look forward to bonus podcast great material after show we'll see you on Sunday see you on Sunday Peace. Yeah. Yeah, man. And if we win, dude, all of a sudden, man, that Jacksonville game, we're going to be pumped. (laughs) It's a lot more excited, for sure. It's everything. That's right. All right. We're all good, guys. Thanks for so much for your time. Thank you so much. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.